Hey Ben, I've been thinking lately. Yeah, what's that? Um, you know how you're my master and I'm your Padawan. Um, mm-hmm. Rule I of do. two. There always must be. I two. tell myself it all all the time. But I've been thinking, you know, since we always need two, and it's only going to be a matter of time before either I kill you to gain your power, or you kill me because I'm no longer useful. Naturally. I thought it'd be good to have somebody on deck to take over when one of us meets our untimely, uh, perhaps uh, dramatically ironic fate. This this is why you're such a successful Padawan. You're always you're always looking ahead. Yes, always looking ahead. Um, so I've signed up some uh, applicants that we can maybe interview. All right. Well, let's let's send them in one at a time. Uh, who's up first? Uh, this is U L S Y. Okay. Uh, hello. H- hello. Come on in, son. Oh yes, yes, please. So, what do you have to offer our Cartoncast Empire? Uh, this one's a little slow. I decided to start a little slow. Next. <laughs> All right, this one is L-Y-S-S. Hello, okay. sir. Oh. Hi, how's, how's, how's it going? Come L-Y-S-S, on oh, reporting for that's duty. That's a strong handshake. Yeah. Um, you must work out. I do work out. Okay. Every day. In the morning, in the afternoon, and the evening. Mm. And once a night for dessert. I'm I'm a little worried about this one. He seems a little bit too regimented. I I don't know if he'd be able to... Do do you have a brother, perhaps? No, sir. Okay. Good. No family ties. Yeah, I just No way that can bite us in the ass. I thought I saw something. Oh, okay. Um, we'll we'll, we'll keep your application on file. Uh, next. I'm a little worried about that one. He's not going to bend to our whims. Hmm. Yeah, we we need somebody pliable. Pliable. Uh, This this is Y-S-E-S. Did I hear something about whims? Yes, um, welcome. Um, we, uh, how do you feel about bending to our whims? Oh, I'm all aboard on whims. And okay. whimsy. I'm, oh! Do you have any whimsy? A little bit of fun around the office, always nice. Did, I'm sorry, do you... I'm, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm getting deja vu or something. Yeah, do you have like a... Um, has anyone ever told you do you have you, one of those faces? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I've seen you before. No. Some, from somewhere. Never. Uh, all right. This one's looking pretty strong. What do you What do you think? Well, you know, there's no reason to make a snap judgment. Let's uh, let's put them at the top of the list. But mm-hmm. I want to see one more. Okay. All right. This one is U S S S. Strong ship name. So far, so good. <laughs> Ooh, something something seems to have gone wrong here. Um, hello, little thing. You, you can just make and like, he's gross putting sounds. us in a box. <laughs> Can you make some like gross sounds? Wait, I don't understand what either one of you guys are trying I to go for here. I figured he'd be deformed. <laughs> like I deformed don't, I don't know what either one of you guys are doing here. I didn't hear you, Zane. Oh, sorry. Uh, can you like make some gross noises like your deformed clone? Oh no, like poor um. Shit, what was his ninety-nine. Yeah, ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah. Who the can... fuck is ninety-nine? <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. Let's just finish this. <laughs> We don't know what we're doing. It's 
very difficult to tell. No, it's not. Empire's <laughs> bad. Empire's I, bad? I yes. watched an entire chronology overview. It took half an hour. I still don't quite understand much. Well, are this... Wait, okay. There's two sides to this. Uh-huh. A light side and... No, it's uh, the Separatists and the Rebellion. Is that right? Republic. Republic. Mm-hmm. Which, the side, Republic which side is which in the, the Grand Republic Cosmology The Republic becomes evil when Palpatine kills all the Jedis and declares himself the Senate. <laughs> I am the Senate. Yes. Oh, he has become one with anything. Oh, yes. you're right. Oh, the, we should the universe ourselves. as a whole. Parentheses, <laughs> the Senate. Yes. End parentheses, Star Wars errata. Proficiency, the universe. <laughs> ben, but how yeah. about you introduce us? What's that? How about you introduce us? Oh, yeah, but I'd be happy to. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And I'm Ulysses, and your name is Relaford, and your name is Zane. <laughs> I, I beg your very pardon. Uh, and this is the podcast where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. And today, Zane, what are we watching? Zane, shut up. Ulysses, what are we watching? Mm. Uh, we are watching Star Wars The Clone Wars, although I gotta say, I think I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I thought we were watching Star Wars Clone Wars. The Clone Wars. Oh, okay. Very well, important. you guys are gonna have to take the front of this discussion. Yes, this is Egg Wars, the clone Toncast. Uh, and we are talking about one I'm of I'm glad a... that we all had fun in our own particular <laughs> ways on, the, on that pass. Today we are watching Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is distinct from its predecessor and successor in a couple of ways, just as everything else in the Star Wars is. As it was foretold. Right. Uh, Ulysses, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, real excited. Yeah. Uh, this is your first foray into the podcast uh, medium from this side of the... Of the screen, I guess. Yes. Um, you are, of course, my longtime friend and a uh, big fan of the Carton Cast, as I hear. Have we known each other? Um, since when undergrad. We, yeah, how many years is that? What I don't know. More than five, less than ten. You are, you're the Chewbacca to Ben's Han Solo. Uh, yeah, I guess I'd be the furry one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, that, <laughs> that tracks. Never tell me the odds. Does I will be you the greatest Leia? character, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> I subscribe to Jar Jar Binks is Palpatine's apprentice. I love it. (laughs) Okay. It's so good. No, no, no. It's such a good conspiracy theory. Okay, so here's the thing. Ulysses, you know anything about Star Wars, and I can't claim I can't claim that level of expertise. So you may be driving a lot of the discussion. How about Wait, are we done with intro stuff? What oh, do we do now? I, it, like, it's, you know, ephemeral. <laughs> We're going to two we'll, sides we'll have, to the force. We'll have you explain some competencies, and then I'll go through the production, and then we'll talk about the show proper. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's familiar. You I look... have just started, uh, in order, the fourth annual Cartoni Awards. Yeah, so you've gone through more than 100 episodes yeah. of our bullshit. <laughs> so now you know what it's like. We don't have any control over it. Once, yeah. you, once you step behind a microphone... The, the subconscious takes over. <laughs> well, we're lo- we're at the same microphone. Are you in front and I'm behind, or are you behind and I'm in front? You're on the ass under the microphone. You can tell because I got the light on my side. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm kind of a butt man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, anyway, you have decided you wanted to come on the show, which I'm very happy about, and you decided to pick a Star Wars uh, cartoon for the reason that you are pretty into Star Wars. I am into Star Wars because of this cartoon. Oh, I, I didn't realize that that was the order of what, operations. What is, what is everyone's here relationship with Star Wars? That is an excellent place for us to Star start. Star Wars is something you can have a relationship with. That's mm-hmm. true. My, I, I'm going to start because mine is pretty uh, small 
my relationship to it is is pretty tangential. Uh, I found the movies fine. I enjoyed them, and I find the fans were in the era that I heard a lot from the fans. They were insufferable in the way that any nerd groups can be when they get really passionate about something. Of course. So, Agreed. you know, and, and that's not a, a dig against Star Wars. That's a dig against nerds. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I like it. It's it's inventive, and the world building is really cool. I think the Force is probably the least interesting part about it, but <laughs> I think that the actual mechanics of the universe and uh, the the political machinations between different worlds and just how inventive each of those worlds and races can be, that's the part I like. But I, I've never had a... a personal connection to, to star wars lore i watched the prequels growing up as they came out in theaters um and then later saw the originals and was like oh that's what everyone's talking about yeah we're <laughs> we're we're kind of the last era where that can be where that can be where, where it was like, a surprise kind of, <laughs> right yeah or we're the first era where that could kind of be a surprise i feel like and uh but you know i i've enjoyed I, I primarily enjoyed the Star Wars adjacencies. I really liked Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, you know, I, I like this show a lot. I like a lot of the, like, one-off stuff I find out about because it seems like in terms of the movies, they're dealing with the big stuff and the most yeah. important events of that. And uh, I think that the universe is much more interesting. Like, you know, Space Wizards is kind of cool <laughs> on a smaller scale because <laughs> mm-hmm. otherwise it's just war, and I know war. <laughs> yeah, Zane's. I get I get enough war. Zane's been down in the shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know war like that, but I do enjoy. <laughs> Where's your parade? Um, but I haven't seen any of the most recent uh, movies. But I really, I'm huh. sure they're fine. They are. Fine. I, I just don't I, go to movies. <clears throat> I watched the Last Jedi. I think with Ulysses, which yep. was spoiled to me literally 20 minutes before I watched it oh, by my shame. roommate. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, do you like the part where?" <laughs> Which has now been immortalized in audio format. So take that horse. My roommate's yeah. name is Horse. Uh, oh, yeah. Listener, we might be spoiling stuff. I have I have no idea what is like a spoiler in this. I just know that I watched some stories and some of them were cool. Yeah, spoiler alert. Just full 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 stop for Star Wars. <laughs> I full think you're fine. Frontal yeah. spoilers. Yes, just like Jabba. Um, so you say that this is the show that got you into Star Wars. Have you have you since gone beyond this show and like taken in all of that glory? So I'd say I was similar to Relaford, not Zane Relaford. It's so baffling that you guys call him that. <laughs> you're, just, you're just gonna have, you're gonna have to deal with it's it. It's weird because to me. None too. of you have nicknames except for him. <laughs> it's the least. It is the I could use one of his other nicknames. That's true. I have I have a panoply. Uh, but I think I was pretty similar. Where like I watched the movies and they were fine. And sort of enjoyed that until I watched this show, and then I started to care about Star Wars for Star Wars' sake. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and watched the movies and enjoyed them even more. It makes you care about the minutia. Mm-hmm. Can you can you describe what you mean by that? Can you expound upon that a little bit? It's hard to say. Like I I don't know why the show hooked me in so good, but then like I wanted to know the stories of the characters in it, and then I really liked going into the expanded universe stuff. Like I read a bunch of books, and yeah, I played the Kotor games, and they're great. What what are some what are some highlights of the franchise for you that aren't this show? Uh, the Thrawn novels by Tim Zahn, both the original ones and the new ones. You were telling mm-hmm. me about this, like he's like a, guy. a Vader yeah, light guy. or something. He's the well, he's a contemporary with Vader. Okay, gotcha. but the point is, he's an extremely competent guy. The cool part is the the especially the new Thrawn books by Tim Zahn. He rewrote them essentially, focus on a guy in the in the Empire who's ostensibly a bad guy, but mm-hmm. he's like so 
charismatic and compelling and like, competent <laughs> that you can't help but root for him. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things I like about Star Wars in general is because of that rabid fan base, the world building is so thorough. Even if little things don't make sense, you can ask questions like, oh, why, you know, why is Mace Windu got a purple lightsaber? And there's a reason, both in actuality and in the context of yes. the universe, because somebody had to think about it. They're like, well, we need a reason. Let's come up with a reason. And the reason is like a bunch of backstory that's cool on its own. It's sort of like a Gundam Wing in that way, in that the fan base is ha, has the wherewithal and the uh, and the drive to actually find this shit out and to make it mm-hmm. make sense. Yeah, that was one of the things that I think is really cool and unique about Star Wars, especially before Disney bought it, where like everything was canon was the official stance. That's amazing. If any person sat down and wrote a story about Star Wars, that was part of Star Wars now. Like, and so I love great. how any single person could like participate and be involved. And that's why there's so much world building around it. That is really cool. I feel like you'd run into problems because Oh yeah, there's a there's what, like what a Disney lot of people did, who wanted Luke to do a very specific, very untoward thing. What Disney <laughs> did when they cut out all that stuff was probably healthy. There's a lot of bad Star Wars. In the out same there. way he, that cutting out a tumor is healthy. You gotta yes. weed the garden. <laughs> yes. But I still like how big it is and how anyone can tell a story. And any story can fit in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. yeah. And once once you... There's a minimum amount of Star Wars you have to see and understand before anything makes sense. And then after that, <laughs> everything makes sense. Sure. Well, I mean, like, it's one of the... Like, I, I think that uh, we should talk about how Star Wars is... You, you have more experience with it than I do, obviously. But you've told me before that it's more fantasy than sci-fi, mm-hmm. I believe. I mean, it depends on how I wanted to find fantasy and right. science fiction, but fair enough. But it like, definitely has a lot of fantasy elements, right? Right, and I think that because it's not as hard sci-fi as you know, um, it's it's not as hard sci-fi, and so like the rules are a little bit looser than a lot of different sci-fi settings might be. I mean, well, that's not even fair. Like Star Trek is harder sci-fi, and that barely has rules. It's like Treasure Planet. It's got sci-fi. It's got fantasy. The distinction doesn't quite matter that much. Yeah. I suppose that's or true. Like, the, uh, I, I took a class on science fiction literature in undergrad, and I really like that one of our working definitions for the difference between science fiction and fantasy is that, you know, science fiction has bulkheads and bolts, and fantasy has, you know, sandals and swords, and like, <laughs> that's it. As long as the systems are explained, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> one just well, happens to borrow more heavily from the real world. Yeah. I don't know. I, for for my sci-fi, for my money, the less the systems are explained, the better <laughs> the sci-fi tends to be. But there's a pick it up there, There's context. an internal logic. Yeah, yeah. There has to be internal logic. I just never want to. I never want to see the programming. Mm-hmm. Sure. So um, I think we should talk about this show because I'm sure. sure there's going to be a lot of other addenda. Zane, can you Star give me the production Wars history stuff? So Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Technically started with a film of the same name in 2008 and became a series running on Cartoon Network until 2013. Uh, and that's when it moved to Netflix. And I discovered Netflix stopped streaming it today. Yeah, yeah. I was real sad this morning. April 7th. <laughs> I was yep. hoping that that uh, Boundary was inclusive, but it was exclusive. Yeah, I was, I was planning on capping off a, a couple of things today, but I, I think I saw a good smattering. Um, it, was, it was always intended to be a show, but they just turned the first few episodes into a movie. I think and I read on the on the Wikipedia page that there's like a, a seventh season that is in the Yes, in the I'm planning. so excited. Yes, yeah. it's going to uh, begin airing on Disney Plus, so I think that's why it moved off of Netflix. Yeah. Right. Um, like 
like the 2000 series of a similar name, Star Wars Clone Wars, which different. was which which had a uh, Gendy Tartakovsky behind it, which mm-hmm. we've dealt with in Samurai Jack and Dexter's Lab. And it was Lab. a more traditional 2D uh, animation. Mm-hmm. The series fills in events between episodes two and three of the Star Wars prequels. Um, but this incarnation is canon, and now the 2003 version, as you say, is no longer canon. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that was the thing. I was researching this, and I, you know, I think I had the supposition that anything Star Wars was allowed to be canon, because who, who really cares? Disney changed that. Yes, but <laughs> I, when I was watching this show, I was like, this all makes sense like it would be canon. It's not like ruining anything. Mm-hmm. And then I went through the production, and I, I realized that, oh, it was backed by Lucas. Mm-hmm. Like... It's not just canon in, you know, essence. It's literally... It is officially canon. Yeah, from, from the guy. They retconned the original trilogy. Did they really? You know, Do you know uh, Anakin's commander clone, Rex? Oh, is that... Uh, Rex? Yeah. Is that the same Rex? So Rex also shows up in the follow cartoon Star Wars Rebels as an old clone. And he's like mm-hmm. this burly guy who's bald and has a big bushy beard. Mm-hmm. And in uh, Return of the Jedi on the Battle on Endor... There's a scene where, you know, Han and Leia are creeping through the bushes and there's a bunch of rebel troops around them. And one of them is a bald guy with a big bushy beard. That is officially <laughs> Rex. That's amazing. That's he is just great. like joining the rebel alliance and is just continuing to fight the good there fight. There he is. Like that's, when they that's made really the original cool. trilogy, that was not Rex, but he is now. Like, <laughs> it's so funny to me. That, that's the nice thing about going, you know, all these different parts of Star Wars going forward and backward in time throughout the same events is you can have what is technically an Easter egg in a movie 30 years before it actually becomes an Easter egg. <laughs> yep. Um, that is very cool. As you said, this was followed up by uh, Star Wars Rebels, which I've heard is not as good as this. Um, the, but it was oh, made no. by the same people. So the hypothesis is um, these people are fans of Star Wars, but they didn't much like the prequels, and they wanted to make this show, and they were backed by Lucas. Um, the, the first season kind of struggles a bit, and then... Every season after that, they were worried they would get canceled, so they tried really hard. But in Star Wars Rebels, <laughs> they were never threatened, so they didn't try mm-hmm. as hard. That's that's the hypothesis as I've seen it. Do you agree? I mean, that's is, that, a... is that backed up? Hmm. I've also watched Rebels, and it eventually gets good. Takes a while, eh? It just stars, like, you know, the insecure 13-year-old boy who thinks he's... There he is. In, uh, I wonder if he's going to be Force-sensitive someday. Uh, <laughs> and you, it's, he's you, real obnoxious. But... Can, you, can you explain to me Force-sensitivity? No. Okay, good. <laughs> it's like, it's like when, it's it's like when the universe is like filling you up as a person. Oh, and, it's and great. Sipes becoming, again. You're becoming one with the universe, but <laughs> also it's kind of like puberty. This is Zane's famous it's Greg like, Sipes impression. <laughs> no, I, I was just trying to describe sorcery, but yeah, no, I, I guess oh, okay. that, that, it's, it's not, like, you know, they try to explain something with like midichlorians or whatever, and I'm just going to ignore that whenever yeah, I hear that word. That's wise. Minute. That's wise to do. I don't have a problem with the explanation for it. I have a problem with it as an extant, like, thing in the universe where it's like, what if certain people selected at random were just allowed to have nuclear weapons of some sort like that's they, it they've got a super weapon and they were selected more or less at random how does the how does the world like congregate into factions around that truth yeah it's like it's like uh god is a present and active force in this universe but instead of like shaping things with his hands he's got one of those extendo arms and he's just kind of like <laughs> broadly pushing stuff around it's <laughs> a very confusing way to think about it but they ignore it and move on mm-hmm. um so, I so it's Zane. You say that you uh, you tended to like this show pretty good, eh? Here's what happened. 
Okay. I watched the first few episodes and I'm like, I'm not into this and I'm going to feel bad. Um, Me too. And then, because it's like Firefly, if it wasn't well written and Mal was working for the Republic, and it's like, I, I don't know about this. <laughs> um, but then I, I found out that like, oh, first season's bad, just jump to the second. I jumped to the second, it's so good. <laughs> like yeah. The jump in quality is so, it's it's the biggest jump since like Harvey Birdman. Like <laughs> they figured it out. The animation cape keeps getting better. The plot lines, like the animation's beautiful. I, I have a lot to say about the fight scenes. They know how to structure a story. It comes in like these two and three episode chunks, and I didn't realize going in that you can just jump into different episodes. They cap what's happening up to that really well, and each one is self-contained. Like it's it's a uh, it's really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting you say that because I, I had the feeling like it became more quality, but that didn't make me care anymore. Mm. So um, I'm pretty meh on Star Wars in general. Occasionally it's fine, but I never go crazy for it. So watching this, I was overcome immediately with like a, this is like good, but I don't think I care about anyone in this. I don't care about the plot or the factions. Like the, the most I'm getting out of it is let's play around in a world that I've never seen. Sure. And they focus so much on the main character, the principal players in this in this drama that I I didn't I didn't feel like it was showing me what I wanted to see. It's not it's not uniformly great, but the mm-hmm. best episodes are great and the after the first season, the less good episodes are like, all right, that was a serviceable story. I do like when they start doing things in arcs. Yeah. Did you did you see the one where it's about a team of droids, and this miniature frog guy is commanding them. No, no. I they did not see this. Were miserable. <laughs> I hated those. It was in like the fifth season or something. So, like, I agree with you saying it's definitely varies wildly in quality. Where like, at least after the first season, some, some of them are fantastic episodes, some of them are not so good. And those, there's like there were three in a row, and I just hated them so much. There's, we'll um, talk more about it. That's later. not how I felt about. Like I felt like it was it was solid for the most part. It's sure. just that it wasn't very special to me. Hmm. It was like a very well built castle made of white bread. Interesting <laughs> is how it felt. Because I feel like because of the risks it took, it did vary more toward that like high highs, lower lows. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about this show is we do have this cast of main characters. You know, we're following around Obi Wan and Anakin, and if listener, if you don't know who those are, we're gonna spoil some shit. Um, but also there's just episodes where they just don't show up at all. We're following yep. droids or clones that is, or that Yoda is cool. or whoever. And it's, it's great because since you're not always focusing on the main characters who, you know, because of the later movies and stuff don't die, um, the stakes are still high because some of these characters that they do want you to connect with can die and sure. do constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a delightfully, I, it's always tricky. Like I, I felt like. If Clone Wars, if a Star Wars cartoon was going to do something different, it would have a very different tone from the movies. The movies are all very triumphant or Mm -hmm. devastating, as, you know, depending on whether it's an even or odd-numbered movie, more or less. (laughs) And these ones are cool or goofy. Which is fine. No, that's not what I was looking for. What I was looking for is Clone Wars. We've got war as a big theme here. It better be dark and oppressive and like hopeless for a lot of it. It better. I want to be down in the trenches. I want to be feeling the cost of the war, so that when we do get to a movie, I know what's at. I know what the stakes are. That's what I wanted in a cartoon, and it it sometimes delivers. It did that. sometimes do that. 
It, but sometimes it does kind of go goofy, and the droids the droids do not help, man. <laughs> droids do so, not help. The yeah, watching the first season, I, I agree, I wasn't that into it until there's this arc about uh, the battle over Ryloth, which is the home of the Twilight. I yeah, I, I watched that one. And so there's one where like Ahsoka has to command a fighter squadron to like break through enemy lines, and then they land on the planet, have to take down anti-aircraft guns, and two clone troopers discover like a girl there i love that little bit so that little bit was good those the, when i when i try to sell people on the show what i do is i say oh i watch this show and i describe those two episodes but i take out all the star wars adjectives and so, the person the person's like oh is that that new band of brothers tv show that sounds sweet and i'm like it's not it's a star wars like, <laughs> surprise because <laughs> they just make a couple like war show like war episodes like i've yeah. seen that in band of brothers well that, so. so that's the other thing about this show is that what I when I say it's like a castle made of white bread, it's because yeah. I've seen all of the tropes sure. from each episode in different shows. It and it just happens to have a Star Wars skin over it. Yeah. So it's all how well can you make those things, and how much do I like this skin? Those I are the think, main kind of things that I'm bringing. bringing I here. think I think what you're hitting on is because Star Wars encompasses so many different like detailed plot elements they do sometimes have to rely on cliches or conventions to get the point across in the amount of time it's still a cartoon yeah it's still a still a long-running cartoon that you have to you know sell the kids on Mm -hmm. um yeah i i i think that's probably true ulysses what do you think makes this different from all other star wars entities you said it was the thing that got you into star wars Uh right so it must have had a pretty strong pull I think I've discovered that, you know, I like the movies now, but sort of what you guys were saying, I like the side stories a lot more. Yeah. And this gets a lot of, like, the side stories in there. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed the, you know, the non-main trilogy movies, the, you know, Solo and Rogue One and that kind of thing, where I like seeing Ethan other aspects. telling me that Rogue One was extremely good. Uh-huh. It's another, it's a war movie. Like, I'm going to have to watch that at the, some It's point. a war movie with Star Wars flavor. Like, yeah. They, they paint it with Star Wars. Like, just a big bucket, throw it on there. But it's <laughs> yeah. a war movie, you know? And anything can happen, both in terms of, like, this is a wild fantasy setting, and also these people yeah. can die and the stakes are high. Yeah. Um, what about the, uh, the the other series, Clone Wars and Rebels? What are What's your quick take on those? I haven't watched the Jendi Tartakovsky one, although mm-hmm. I want to. I've been meaning to do it. I think it's on YouTube. I should do it. I remember uh, seeing that it existed, and that's about it. I've heard it's pretty good. There's also a good conspiracy theory about it. We'll talk about later. <laughs> okay. And that it is canon, Disney. Take that. <laughs> Eat it. Pocket universe. Um, Hyperbaric time chamber. Rebels was another good one because, again, you get to see, like, a bunch of side stories. And you get to see the, like, you know, corners of the Star Wars universe they don't see in the main trilogy. So I like that a lot. Although the main character was really annoying. The other characters were good. Uh, I-, I walked in on, like, I think the finale of that when yeah, you, you were did. watching it. And I'm like, oh, this looks pretty good. It also... Star Wars Rebels brought Thrawn into canon. Oh, that's which good. you know all of us are like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> praise Thrawn, yeah, mighty Thrawn. Uh, the way I see the movies is as kind of drawing out of the outlines of the Star Wars universe, and these other properties are kind of coloring inside the lines. And it mm-hmm. seems like you are more interested in the coloring inside the yeah. lines. So the movies are like they're good and they're fun, but like you know you know what you're gonna get. It's right? I've like, seen that story before. You know, well, it's it's sort of my favorite thing about creative writing is. If you have the entire tapestry of the universe at your beck and call to try to choose something to write about, it's very difficult to decide on something. It is giving you that outline that really allows you to uh, push forward in a particular way to to tell your story. And so I think that this show really benefits from having to draw inside the lines that were—because it's canon, because they they wanted to make it as canon— 
um, they are drawing inside the lines of both the second and third movies. Yep. And, and the broader story overall. But within that, anything can happen. Within that, anything can happen, and, but and it still nice. is limited. It, it's nice in terms of our main character, Anakin, because, you know, he goes on to become Darth Vader. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the chosen one. But <laughs> from movie, from Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith, um, there's a pretty huge character shift for Anakin from, like, young idealist to, like, yep. having to go against everything he's ever known. And this series sort of pads that out and shows us that slow progression. It, it which needed I do a little appreciate. work. That, that, that was one of the also things I love about this show is because the Anakin to Darth Vader transition is extremely disappointing from the movies. Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> it's giving you those lines, but yeah, you need to color like, in the end. They just did not. It, they missed the mark try, on that one. Yeah. Like, they got to try again with the Clone Wars, and they it's, get to show it, and oh, man. It's fascinating that that is a... That that is a mistake that they would make though, because like <laughs> they made a lot of mistakes. Not, like they made the first movie, they're like, let's focus on the thing that becomes Darth Vader. He's our main like plot instigator, so we're gonna focus on him a lot. Do we need to explain how he changed? Why would we? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. For what pod reason? racing? <laughs> no, just yeah. There you go. I do like pod racing. Pod racing is awesome. <laughs> I think it serves as a great explanation for why he's so adept with, like, flying and with droids. I I do like that it it maintains a consistent part of his character, that he's like an ace fighter pilot, like Bull Pullman in Independence Day or whatever. I remember a long time ago, I played, like, an N64 pod racing game. N64 pod racing is so good. It it looked like (laughs) fucking trash, man. All N64 games do. (laughs) So why don't we talk about the characters, and Anakin particularly? Sure. So he's the main mover and shaker, and I'm of the opinion that you have to care about Anakin in order to enjoy the, mo- the like the majority of the episodes because he's there for a lot of it, That's and true. a lot of it cares about what he's thinking about. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, this is played by Matt Lanter, who was also in Ultimate Spider-Man as Flash Thompson and Harry Osborn, and a bunch of other you know semi-villainous yeah. heroes, <laughs> one-off, one-off things. He's been in a lot of um, like uh, parody movies, like Disaster Movie and that kind of thing. Huh. Um, <laughs> I, I think know that. this well, is probably his best work. <laughs> yeah, I would say so <laughs> by any I, metric. I I wasn't expecting to like this character. You know, it pulls um, off the dark and brooding without being like completely emo. Yeah, like the the prequel trilogy, he's whiny and obnoxious, but like alternately arrogant and just very tedious and i felt like this one did a lot a way better job of making me like him because he's like competent and charismatic and yeah it's just like amidala said unlike sand he doesn't get everywhere what (laughs) what was that star wars (laughs) moving on (laughs) (laughs) this is my favorite line it's so bad it's so bad (laughs) oh god it's amazing (laughs) he's right though (laughs) Yeah, but um, and w- part of what makes him so compelling is both his role as a commander of these clone troops, and also his relationship to his mentor Obi Wan and his young Padawan uh, Ahsoka. How do you feel about the term Padawan? That's a fine made-up term. For I like a, it a lot, actually. Yeah. You know, I think grasshopper, but like it yeah. sounds very nice. Yeah, it sounds nice to me. Well, I like how it's just worked away into our general cultural lexicon now. Yeah, really. I'm into it. Instead yeah. of grasshopper, <laughs> you can just say Padawan, and everybody knows what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think what they're kind of going for with Anakin, so I, th- I think that 
in this, and I'm going a little bit into tone here, but I think that Anakin really uh, brings to the fore one of the things that the show tries to do, which is to blur the lines between light side and dark side in mm-hmm. that a lot of the time we're not talking about good and evil. We're talking about discipline versus idealism mm-hmm. because a lot of the time Anakin or his Padawan Ahsoka uh, knows the quote unquote right thing to do, their gut decision. That's like, okay, my ideals and morals are in this direction but they go exactly counter to what the Jedi Council or my mentor wants. Mm-hmm. Which one of those do I listen to? And this is part which of which I like, think is pretty cool. This is part of why he was, you know, the chosen one because he's he's a good guy, but he can use dark side, um, you know, traits to his advantage. It's just that the the distinction between light side and the balance is so <laughs> ill defined, and like especially because now the Jedi are taking part in a political war instead of just being defenders of the. Tr- it's like. It it's makes him real. seem wishy-washy at the first part of it. Like, until I kind of caught on to that whole the balance thing, the difficulty in attaining that balance is really what they're going for. I thought he was just like, it was just, just very, he's very Wembley, right? He, he, he would either be trusting his gut and ignoring the council or chewing out Ahsoka for doing exactly that. The, 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 the theming. He does. The theming throughout this of, of that light side neutral kind of thing it's everywhere, and that's a positive, but also it's so open to interpretation that it's hard to make a case one way or the other for what any given action is, which is probably yeah. why he struggles with it. Well, that, and that's yeah. why I had a hard time connecting with him for a while, because I thought he was just inconsistent. I didn't realize that that was, I think, what the show was going for. Trying to, yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, I do agree. I like how they try to at least blur the lines there. So I think with, you know, especially the, the main movies... It's, you know, light side's good, dark side bad. Like, Well, I mean, there are shades of, the, of that in this as well. Well, in the, I'm saying in the movies, the default is just light, light is good, dark is bad. You know, Rebel's good, Empire bad. Mm-hmm. And so I really like when you get to see Star Wars that makes it a little grittier and more detailed. And you see like, yeah. oh, it's not just one or the other. It's not yeah, we, we had this problem in Fern Gully. <laughs> uh, oddly enough. <laughs> like, I mean, kind of. We had it more in Wizards. There was a part, especially with like the, do I follow my ideals or do I try to do the thing that is good for the war effort? Yeah. Um, at the end of Wizards, spoiler, I guess, there's that point where the main good guy takes out a pistol and shoots the main bad guy. <laughs> and, well, we solved our problem. <laughs> you know, like I did it with through violence, but it got the job done. And Wizards so. also had Mark Hamill. So <laughs> there you, you know, go. Maybe, 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 maybe it was a direct reference. Yeah. Good point, Zane. <laughs> boom so I, I like him i like him pretty good and i wasn't expecting to so that was a pleasant surprise i'm sorry i'm sorry just a second did you draw a like a meh face on your milk carton no that was also horse yeah horse did that he's an infection all right <laughs> listen you can't explain horse <laughs> defies explanation. horse only belongs to the night <laughs> i'll take your word for it <laughs> anyway who was talking Really goes someone. Uh, I really like whenever Anakin leans towards the dark side, and they play a couple notes of the Imperial March behind him. I just watched mm-hmm. that. Oh. I just watched the um the 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 arc where they go to like the Force wielder home planet. Yeah. God, that was dumb. But but the things that were happening with Anakin were quite cool. Yeah. Wait, is this is this where with like the father and the son and yes <laughs> yes I have mixed feelings about that. Everything is very overtly. Explain yeah, they this. don't have names. They're called father, son, and daughter. Yeah, <laughs> I, I they, actually really like that. that? I, I like that, that whole thing. I've, why, I've mixed feelings. Why was he entirely black skin with red eyes? 
Because he's, he's the dark side. Because he's yeah. Because he's the bad guy. But bad the, guy. what I liked oh about that. Oh my god, it's so dumb. What I liked about that arc is that you know when dark when the sun showed Anakin his future and like we know that future and it's awesome yeah. and they can just like pull quotes and it's it feels so. Uh, and you uh, hear you hear a Darth Vader's breathing mask in the background. Oh yeah. Like right right behind him and like a, you can see him over him. Oh. That one that would, that was one of the best scenes that i'd seen in this show and like i think it also touches on a cool thing that you can get out of this show is knowing the overall chronology allows some of the dialogue moments like that to hit a lot better for Mm -hmm. example there was one point when general tarkin i guess Mm -hmm. um is defending his decision to make a military tribunal thing instead of a jedi council matter and you know they're like well i guess i just hope palpatine knows what he's doing and general tarkin says something like don't worry, uh, Chancellor Palpatine never does anything without a strategy. And I'm like, oh, that's menacing and sinister. In Are a, you in a fun an ice way. cream van? Yes. yes, I hate it so much. It's really terrible. It's I used to I used people. to live I used to live <laughs> an apartment within hearing distance of the local park where the ice cream truck circled, mm-hmm. and so we would hear that endlessly. Just all day. We don't that, even get the nice, like, green sleeves, demonic uh, reverberation no, thing yeah. that ice cream trucks do. Yeah, when they're driving away, you get that nice Doppler creepiness. Uh, we can we can vamp a little bit if we want to wait for it to, like, go away. That might be, be for the best, I, I find actually. it a very nice juxtaposition of this frank discussion of the dark side <laughs> and its principles. Yeah, we're down in the war trenches and everything is like real dark and toned differently. And I'll take the, at least take this opportunity to get all my snorting and sniffling out of the way. Maybe you, oh, can, you, I can. you Do you understand that you can apparently do that for just the entire episode <laughs> without any warning right into Did the you, microphone? Um, can you explain to me the logic behind the rule of two where the dark side, where the Sith always only have two Jedi or two because I never quite understood that. Uh, who is it? Darth Bane or Darth Malgus? I don't remember. Why are you looking at, us looking like at me or yet? asking me? Uh, anyways, back <laughs> in the day, the so there known. used to be like a Sith Empire. There was an entire group of people and there was wars between the Republic and the Sith Empire. But what always happened is the Sith Empire would rise to power because they're all badasses and they, you know, l- lightning people with the forest hmm. rather than whatever Hard bullshit counter. the Jedi do. Although the Jedi mind control, so hold on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wondered why they this were. This is the your opp- This is your opportunity to discuss all the. the we we'll talk about that, that you- more later. Yes. Anyways, but what always happened is the Sith would always fall to their own infighting because mm-hmm. they're also ambitious and cutthroat that they'd fight each other and collapse. And so they are like the Sith were almost eradicated because they like infought and then the Republic attacked them and defeated them or whatever. Huh. And so the the it's prime, like a war of bitter succession almost. The, yeah. the Sith lore at the time was like, okay, from the future we're going to operate in the shadows. Like we can't make an empire because we can't that doesn't work for us so we're going to be in the background and like manipulate things from behind the curtain so rule of two of like that way there's we're not fighting power power is consolidated amongst two people and like they're going to fight for but it they, yeah but they still backstab each other yes. but then someone always still has the power like all the power okay when i was watching they know their weaknesses yeah and this is how they get around them indulging them in the in the in those weaknesses in a very limited like kind of like the purge Mm-hmm. <laughs> like where there, there's there's a weakness in society and this is how they can deal with it yeah. and it's not perfect but it's the best we got and it's not as though we can just get rid of those weaknesses so yeah. this is where watching, it's gonna happen uh, when i was watching the the star wars chronology thing it seemed like palpatine had like five successors and he's just like no this one gets cut oh. in half too easily <laughs> palpatine is no, so great. this one's <laughs> In what way? I didn't see him at all in this. He's just, like, so ridiculously powerful, essentially. Really? He, yeah. 
manipulated an entire galaxy into a civil war so he could take control. Yeah, let me see if I understand this because this is actually awesome when I finally put everything in the movies together. Yes. That's like the plot of uh, Tome of Eternal Darkness. Yeah. So the, the Republic was all great. Sidious engineered the Clone Wars he did. by tricking some of the planets into succession, into seceding yep. from the Republic. Those are the Separatists, yes. but he's also controlling them through General Grievous. And, and then and Dooku, yeah. once both sides are weakened, he says, like, in order to stop this from happening, I'm in charge. And he executes Order 66, killing off all the Jedi so no one can face him back. And now it's yes. reversed. Empire bad, rebels good. Yes. I didn't but, understand any of that until this show. I yes. still don't understand any of that. I tuned that all out. And it's so great because he's just walking around like a normal guy. And he's like, yes. hello, I'm he, not he evil. Caused, <laughs> he caused the Clone Wars. He caused mm. every wars. He man, Yes, he manipulated the whole thing. His name it's is Darth insane. Sidious. Yes, that's so insane what this guy I, has done. I love how blatant the Darth yeah. names are. <laughs> Darth Maul, Darth Sidious. Darth made Nihilus. a joke about it. Darth in, um, <laughs> Darth Nihilus. Darth Calm Plagueis. down, Darth Nihilus. They made a joke about it in uh, Futurama, like Darth Erderer. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, Darth Trya. In uh, KOTOR 2, there's there's three Sith Lords, this Triumvirate. And oh, Darth that's a, Nihilus. That's a big no-no. Darth Nihilus, the Lord of Hunger. <laughs> uh, Darth Trya, the Lord of Betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that doesn't quite fit is Darth Sion, the Lord of Pain. And I don't uh, quickly know how that one works. I'm sad that it great. doesn't fit the pattern. So did the yeah. Jedi maybe, maybe like, there should be a fourth <laughs> one, Darth Depression. Yeah. <laughs> did the Jedi look at this and they were like, "Yeah, we should also have like a two thing." <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I mean, if it ain't broke. Uh, do you find the Do you find the dark side, uh, like the Sith sort of machinations, or the Jedi Council machinations more interesting? Because I kind of like how they played with the Jedi not being trustworthy yeah. in this show. Because that, I mean, they would have to not be in order for the infighting and the side switch area to to kind of manifest, right? Um, and for them to eventually get eradicated. But I, I also am am pretty into every time there's a scene that looks at Dooku, I'm pretty into it. Dooku's I, pretty good. I, I like watching Anakin and Obi Wan and Ahsoka like in the middle, constantly going against the orders of the Jedi Council, just fucking yeah. putting out fires. Yeah, <laughs> just like no, they're dying. Like we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Again, well, that's that's almost that's almost a good point for the whole balance issue is because you could argue that Obi Wan. I think we can more or less say that he's got the balance of the Force in his heart, in his mind. I mean, from sleeve. a certain point of view. Okay, fair enough. But like, <laughs> but but like, if they are flaunting the rules of the Jedi, I think what they're trying to do maybe is saying the Jedi Council as an entity, not as the individuals who make it up but as an entity in rejecting the dark side actually embody the light side to too great a degree hmm. like uh kind of like the evil of order and mm-hmm. oppression yeah any extreme right kind of theory in, in some of the like expanded universe uh in like kotor one or whatever when you get to hear more about the sith empire and like their philosophy there's a there's a really cool thing where like the sith are fighting against the jedi because they believe that freedom is important and the jedi believe like control is important right you have to control your emotions they're like no you have to like embrace your emotions that kind of thing yeah so that that gets us really cool so, so darth sidious was the balance of the force <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, he's the, the hero control yeah. <laughs> but so i i like when they introduce that stuff because so often you know light is good and dark is bad and i like when they say like oh there's there's good parts to both and there's bad parts to both so 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 the light side is like 
a Jedi shall not know love. Yeah. Whereas I guess the dark side would be a Jedi shall bone conscious whoever you like, want. constantly yeah, whenever yeah and, like and listen, we're talking we're talking only about star wars this is not a like good people on both sides kind yeah. of argument <laughs> that we're trying to make this is, this is star wars star wars only um but uh, i think we're getting into, a little bit far into the weeds so maybe yeah, before, let's go back to characters well, before yep. we get into obi-wan can you just tell me why the light side has mind control is it because of that control thing i it's grandfathered in i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah it's and the why only for some reason it doesn't work on the flying insect guys and just right. them in everything else, mind control is an evil thing, like right, right, I, yeah. But unless here, it's for it's their own a good, good guy thing, yeah, it's persuasion. What, what if that is their like oppressive way to get around killing? Is mm-hmm. like uh, we don't want to kill them. Killing's a no no. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna make them different. We're gonna reprogram them. Bring yeah, let, them. Letter yeah. of the law. That is a control thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess it fits that. Yeah, and it kinda... fits in the clones as well. Uh, but before we get the clones, Obi Wan. James Arnold Taylor is the voice actor for this. He's also known as a star blitzball player. Really? Yeah, he's no. Titus. Huh. Number 10, Titus, coming in with the whatever <laughs> try to forget that plays one. are in that game. <laughs> uh, I like him a lot. I, I feel like in watching him, you kind of, like again with the coloring inside the lines of mm-hmm. 2 and 3 and you know referencing his character later on, we really do get to see kind of where the Alec Guinness came from. Yeah. I I love him. <laughs> you know, I I feel like I saw his I saw his like wry sense of humor in certain situations, but like sort of young, almost like a young Gandalf, where he's a little bit playful, whereas he he would become like maybe more serious later. But he he is kind of kind of witty now, and he's like willing to willing to let some things slide. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like he like his arc is him becoming more sort of jaded and like yeah. worn down by the war. Yeah, like it 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 wears on him almost certainly. There was there was one episode. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he is like part of a battle. <laughs> Maybe it was probably on Geonosis. Don't remember precisely, but he's like holding a point and he's waiting for reinforcements. Like some other Jedi is supposed to bring an army around the side, and so he's just sort of supposed to hold there with his clone troopers. But the, whoever else was supposed to come in is being delayed. Like they're not making it in time, and he like, it cuts to a scene where like they're you know in an entrenched position, like just fighting, constant fighting with with the uh, battle droids. He's like slumped against a sack of crates, just like tired, you know. And then one of the clone troopers comes up, and says, "Oh, like they're not coming. They're not going to make it." And he like takes a breath. And what I'm pretty sure he's going to do is he gets up with the decision to go out there, defend his clone troopers until he dies. Yeah. Like in that moment, he made the decision that I'm going to die, and I yeah. will defend my troopers until the last possible moment, and that'll be it. Like he volunteered to go out there, such a badass, and die. Oh, it's so good. I also think he's starting to like in, in the course of this show he is starting to like kind of come to the come to the realization uh that he holds immense power as the person who taught anakin Mm -hmm. seeing like anakin's ascendancy and seeing him recklessly flaunting the rules of the of the council like he used to do Mm -hmm. like he's kind of starting to see where that's going to lead and so i think he's he's sort of getting a better sense of the tragedy that will befall maybe not consciously but you can you can kind of start to see that should we wait and now you're sirens, treated to some. Scott? Now you're yeah. treated to some nice Philly sirens. Oh, same, yeah. some more annoying than the ice cream <clears throat> jingle. Um, <laughs> no, I, I like it better. I think it's. Yeah. Um, I, I I did like the like connection to that Alec Guinness uh, version of Obi Wan, where I, I don't know if you guys have seen the juxtaposition kind of thing where it, it shows him saying something nice about Luke's father, and then we cut to seeing 
Anakin doing something really shitty. It's like, <laughs> he, he was a good man. He was a, a fierce warrior. And then we just see, like, <laughs> like, see him, like, taking children people. or getting shot by a robot or something. Yeah. And, and yep. that's where that sarcasm, like, it makes sense with his character now. Yeah. Or, He's not just a doddering old fool who doesn't remember the bad times. You know, that, that actually also relates to a different character that I didn't really make much note of, but I think that you were talking about it before at one point, Ulysses, about how uh, Yoda is an active force in Clone Wars, and then later he's a hermit who's kind of given up. And so we get to kind of see the fabric of why that happened. And I think that that Obi-Wan, we also get... Uh, that like Obi-Wan why did and then Luke? It why seems did to be we a tradition turn, in the Jedi yeah, how order? Do, how did we turn out this way? Yeah, oh my God, I love that scene where he's just drinking from that gross beast <laughs> in, in, in the eighth Star Wars movie. Like the 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 seventh one ends and it's all dramatic. It's like we finally found him, our last hope. Hands over the lightsaber, he fucking chucks it away and just starts drinking milk from this gross monster on the side of a cliff. <laughs> have you? Have it's you not so seen, good. Have you not seen this scene? I have not seen. You it. didn't I'm see familiar the last with the idea. <laughs> There's a scene where he walks to a, a huge, gross alien manatee, like lactating that's monster, got, like, six red teats. He squirts them into a bottle and slugs it down as it dribbles down his beard, while while staring at Ray. He doesn't break just, eye contact. Just looking right at her, like, do it. Judge me. <laughs> What I'm ha- I don't one. give a fuck. <laughs> what happened, Luke? <laughs> it's amazing. Who's tired of this light side, dark side nonsense? <laughs> like, the, you know, sides. I used to be on a side. But yeah, I, I do think that that's where Obi-Wan's character is really interesting in this, in that we get to see that trans... Like anyone's characters, we get to see that transition. Mm-hmm. Well, well, not any character. I guess it's worth saying that we do have like an original character i guess original original to me uh mm-hmm. ahsoka yeah the uh anakin's padawan a mm-hmm. twi'lek yeah no not a twi'lek no nope what about her he- head tail uh, things she i forget what i forget what race she is but like divergent Gen- evolution Gen- master shakti is of the same species and they're slightly different yeah these, these uh, are the orange ones, i prefer the jedi ones. master shock fu <laughs> shack fu yeah that's what i said but if you if you look uh her like head thingy Dealies are different than the Twi'leks head titles. Mm-hmm. I thought that she just had like a fancy beret. Nope. Mm. She's strictly different. Okay, but, um, fair enough. <laughs> you know, she's she's also on the <laughs> I'm not know, that spectrum of impetuous yet good-natured. Um, yeah. She's pretty spunky. She would she would have to be, right? She's being taught by Anakin. And <laughs> by these the, two guys who don't care about the rules when it doesn't yeah, serve them. <laughs> who flaunt the rules and then tell her not to do it. That's got to be so frustrating. Wink, wink, yeah. wink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she runs off, and they're like, oh, no, this is absolutely our fault. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd she do that? Why would she not? You do see them care a lot about her. When she goes mm-hmm. missing, Anakin is like... He goes nuts. He stops caring about, like, the mission and all. He's just like, no, go out there again and find her. Yeah, yeah I just watched that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, well, this is... And this is one of the things that I really like about this uh, series, where... Um, Jedi, the whole uh, the whole concept of like tampering down your emotions is a necessity yeah. as opposed to an evil that mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. Because, and I've talked about this before, I really chafe against the idea of like the romantic idea of do what you feel in your heart is right, even if it's clearly a bad idea to your brain, because mm-hmm. that's not how the world generally works. Mm-hmm. Like there's always consequences to that. And here we actually get to see those consequences. Yeah, And sometimes... Uh, Obi-Wan is just like Anakin this is one of those moments where like 
trust my balance. My balance is better than your balance. My balance says light side now or light uh, light side right now. Don't pay attention to your emotions. You just got a more precise barometer. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll make up for it down the line. We'll go kick some seagulls or something like that. He's trying to achieve nirvana, and he's just like, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that kind of works. I don't know. That, that's um, how I, think, I saw it. I think she's fine. I didn't. I didn't love her character. I thought that she was just more of the same. I did love her character. Yeah, I thought she was I super got cool. To her. Yeah. The interesting about that is, I'm watching this show. I get attached to Ahsoka, and then you realize, like, oh god, she's training to become a Jedi. And in the original trilogy, we don't there see are her. no Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen to her? Right. And I think I read a little bit into it where like she like defected from the council for whatever. Oh, that reason. arc is so good. Okay, I just was that the one where like the the the, the she, she got, got framed. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw the first two. I didn't see the whole thing. Feel free to spoil it for me, but like that is a good way to get around the whole. Why don't we see her anymore? Yeah. Oh, she made a break for it before so, things got bad. That arc is super cool, and I think it does get in like it. it illustrates the you know jedi council isn't always right kind of thing. right like it's oppressive the right thing. yeah really, she gets framed for bombing like anakin goes nuts trying to you know exonerate is that the right word yeah exonerator <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's staying in like there's a whole thing where she escapes and like you know goes underground she teams up with a bad guy Ooh. with asajj ventress who's another one of my favorite characters wasn't uh is she the one who duke's apprentice Dooku's apprentice with who the got two red lightsabers, yeah, yeah, and then she became three people who were all phantoms and tried to take down Dooku and what? Yeah, what the and I... hell? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> you got that wrong, but hold on. Uh, teams up with a bad guy to like work to try to clear her name. At the end of it, her name is cleared, but she is so disillusioned with the Jedi Order that she leaves. That's awesome. Like mm-hmm. that is she, very. Cool. They say like, like oh well, what we we've like they strip her of her title and kick her out, and then they say oh we made a mistake, you can come back. She says no. That's amazing. And walks off. That's exceptional. That's so brave too, because that you would you I would almost expect this show to kind of try to toe the line a little bit more, and but but like if it's if its whole purpose is kind of blurring those lines between light and dark and and saying light is not balance, even though it seems like it a lot of the time because dark is clearly evil. Um, that's 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 a way that they can do that yeah. is to villainize the quote unquote good guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard that in uh, Rebels, you know, which takes place after the third movie, so Anakin's already Vaderized, um, she has to, like, one-on-one fight him, and that that's a very good fight oh. scene. I didn't watch it, but oh. I've heard about yeah, it. Yeah, she shows up in Rebels, spoiler alert. Cool. Um, I, I don't expect to I, I heard that she, got she like, reprised her role in different Star Wars properties because oh, yeah. she was so popular. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. people loved this character. Yeah, the, like, there's a moment where she confronts Darth Vader and, like, is fighting him, and you're like, does she know? Does she know? And yeah. then she, like, hits him and knocks off a piece of his mask and sees Anakin's eye. And it looks like Anakin's eye just from the Clone Wars Because he's got cartoon. that scar. Yeah, and so she sees him and, like, end scene you're like that it was so tragic oh man (laughs) that's excellent got me it was really good Mm -hmm. so so for me who only kind of sees her as like new anakin what what (laughs) is the appeal of her like what is why is she such a popular character she uh i i think that she kind of represents a more innocent side to anakin that he's tried to cover up with this discipline but it's he kind of covered it up in in a way that brings like he covered it up he didn't like extinguish his sentimentality he just like buried it so that when it comes to the surface it's really volatile and i think that she is kind of a exception to that in that she her she kind of wears her emotions more on her sleeve and accepts them and deals with them Mm -hmm. like kind of deals with an emotion and pushes past it becoming stronger each time instead of the and 
you know, goes along with her character arc of not going along with the Jedi way of yeah. suppressing her emotions. She doesn't do that. She no. accepts them and then moves forward. Yeah, I feel like that final arc really shows that she she goes all in on, I'm going to do what I believe is right. Yes. Whereas Anakin is always conflicted about it. Yep. Between like, this is what I know I'm supposed to do and this is what I think I should do. Yeah. And so she says like, I'm, I'm done with that. Like, I'm not going to be told what to do and I'm going to do what I believe. I don't even know if I would consider her having a quote unquote balance of the force. Like, I almost consider her like a rogue element that doesn't fit neatly into those parameters of yeah. light side suppresses emotion. Dark side is just clearly evil. Balance is doing sort of both. She doesn't feel like she fits in that framework. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that's just me. The actress is uh, the actress is uh, Ashley Eckstein, and from what I can tell, she was only in live roles, huh? Like mm-hmm. a bunch of a uh, bunch of like like Drake and Josh, and that's so Raven, and that '70s show and stuff. Wait, who's she in that '70s show? I'm not sure. I mu- she was Drake. But one of the one of like the rota- <laughs> rotating cast of girlfriends for Kelso. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> or something like that. But, but I think that's interesting because I thought that the voice acting was generally pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like these are very these are competent voice actors. Yeah. I think the dialogue wasn't always great, but granted. <laughs> but she's actually a good voice actress, so I was surprised that she hasn't done pure voice acting work to a greater yeah. degree before. The the best voice actor, however, has to be D. Bradley Baker as all of the clone troopers. Yep. Oh my god, yep. I love him so much. D. Bradley Baker is in everything. We've yep. seen him before as number four in Kids Next Door. Oh, and now fuck he's off. All, now he's all of the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, animal numbers. From uh, Avatar Last Airbender, he is Momo and Appa. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> he's and in a lot of other stuff, like Angry Beavers and Dexter's Lab. He's a mainstay in the in the industry. And this, this the clones are a real triumph of storytelling in oh, this show. They're beautiful. They're, they're real good. Whenever they get involved, they have nicknames, they have personalities, and yeah. even though they look the same and have the same voice actor, you know them. You can tell them apart. It's so cool. I almost think that they maybe did too good of a job distinguishing them. I kind of like the idea of them being more closely, like like having more in common personality-wise. They always felt like very distinct people whom just happened to be voice acted by the same person. Hmm. Um, well, the, I, there's I'm an specific- universe reason for it, because this is after... The second movie where Django Fett dies, and so his DNA they can't like keep re-upping. They have to use yeah. older DNA, and so it's not as good. There's a lot more DNA, errors in the problem. It goes it's bad. It's no good process. anymore. There's no there's no polymerase chain reaction in this yeah. universe. Yeah, so, like, can't, you can can't just make perfect copies. Midi chlorians fuck it all up. They yeah. just you fucking can't... eat the DNA. <laughs> they eat all the G's, and you're just fucking done. We can't just use a different guy, even though this guy doesn't have like any superpowers. <laughs> What made Jango so special? Like, why him? <laughs> well, later he they can... were going to use the Zillow Beast. They were going to use like this gigantic thing oh, yeah. with like it's phase it's because armor. he perfectly fit that awesome armor, and they had a ton of copies of <laughs> he, it. He does look really cool. Yeah. I oh love... man, I added an extra zero to this order. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they keep choosing him. I think that they could have been a little bit more closely person. I, I think I would have enjoyed it if they weren't quite so starkly different personalities. What I, what I, thought I like though is that. You know, they all look different. Like, they all decorate their armor. Yeah. But not all of them. Because when you go back to Camino, you see, like, fresh clone troopers, and they all look identical. It's almost mm-hmm. like a and mark the ones, of... It's the ones that have been fighting in the trenches yeah. for, like, months Almost like regaining their and... humanity by being close to a conflict. Yeah, where, like, they develop these characteristics, and they start developing their own personalities, and they mark their armors, and, which it's are like probably not standard procedure, like, but... It's, it's like they're being fired in a crucible or, or something, like, where th- this is... This is the conflict that they have to be sent into in order to develop as actual people. Yeah. Like, until then, they're just tools. But and after they, this, 
They're somewhat. It, it, they especially work in contrast with the Separatists' grunt troops, which are uh, droids. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, hold, on, hold on. Wait, wait. One more thing about the clone troopers. Sure. Oh, no. We'll uh, talk about them. <laughs> I just wanted to diss on the droids. <laughs> we'll, we'll have time for that as well. I want to say some stuff about the droids, too. Uh, one thing I do like, the, the voice actor. Like I love the clone troopers. The voice actor is so good. I went to play the new Star Wars Battlefront 2 game. Is that the mm-hmm. one I've watched you play? Yeah. <laughs> it's very fun to watch. Which started off bad, got decent, so when I saw it for like 10 bucks, I was like, sweet, I'll play some Star Wars. Uh, I go in there, and they have battles set during the, the Clone Wars, and I'm like, oh man, the Clone, clone Troopers sound really good. Like, I love them so much. Their voice actors are great, because it's the same it's voice actor. the same actor. one, yeah. They've got the same weird. guy in there. They, they're doing that a lot now with franchises, is just picking the same person to voice everything that this thing that this good uh, role shows up in. Greg Sipes is all of the Beast Boys and all the Teen Titan yeah. things. Um, I don't remember who it was, but the person who plays Cyborg in Teen Titans also plays him in uh, the Injustice video games. Hmm. So they're, they're doing that a lot, and I, cool. I like the consistency. Can you explain to me why this war is called the Clone War? Because it's a civil war. It's the uh, It's not officially the Clone Wars, right? Well, it the show well, is called uh, the Clone that, Wars. It is, yeah. It's right after that. <laughs> no, it's like, in the it's title. like the Galactic War of Separation or something like okay. that. Or secession. So it's just colloquially called the Clone Wars because that's yes. our main weapon in this. Because we got clones yes. right now. That's all. okay. Man. Like it's it's name dropped a couple times, a couple places. So like, so the, the bad guys would call it, you know, the the Droid Wars. The, you know, the droid wars or the war of republic aggression or you know yeah I forget what they, they also have a word for it that's different you know like, yeah like the uh, you know the American Revolution versus the what the English guys called it the rebellion the Pado War whatever right <laughs> um, okay that was that was my only question clone troopers I fantastic. I do want to say that I think that the clone troopers look amazing because of that dumb head fin oh yeah on their helmets. Why is that there? The, is that a rudder? Do they steer with their head? What is going on? No. <laughs> There's no reason for it. It's so that Do they you can need... stack easily. No, it's for aerodynamics in space. Clearly. Right. It's so dumb. I love it. Yep. it oh, they, that's what they put stickers on to personalize them. So that they're yeah, uh, yeah. where they put their pieces of flair. Uh, do they all have the? Uh, do they you need, all have, you need more pieces of flair? <laughs> do they all have that kill count like number thing on the side of their helmets, or is that just one of them? I think several of them do it, but yeah. not all of them. Okay, which is cool because you cool can even see different units. They have different color coordinations depending which Jedi they're with, and like they all have sort of a different aesthetic. Yeah, uh, so like I love the head fin because it accomplishes the aesthetic, but also it adheres to something in Star Wars that I hold very valuable, which is just how fucking goofy it can be. Oh, Star Wars is so goofy. <laughs> like, and there's ways that you can do it right, and ways that you can do it wrong, and we're gonna talk about both. Yeah, but I just wanted to open up that can of worms before we get to the droids, which is how you fucking do it wrong. The the clones also have a bit of uh, you know pathos to them. They're kind of sad because they were they're basically slaves. They were bred for war. Yep. They don't have identities of their own, and they age twice as fast. But the the force is with them, or something, right? The force is with them, and every Jedi is willing to kill themselves over the clones. <laughs> they're like yep. pets. I, I do love how much the Jedi care about their clone troopers. It's very cute, except for it's, that one. It's very. It's possessive. so weird that they're using clone troopers. That feels like a bad guy thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well. Well, when the bad guys, it is a bad guy thing right. because the clone troopers were organized and created by Emperor playing Humpty. both sides. Right. You know, he's, he's a war profiteer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of a war everything. Oh yeah, he loves it. Yeah, Darth War. <laughs> Darth Sidious. <laughs> Darth angry. <laughs> Darth angry. Oh, and don't forget. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dooku's that's his, Darth that's his name. Apprentice. What? Don't forget Dooku's Darth name. What was that? Darth Tyrannus. Oh, that's right! 
That's so good. <laughs> it wasn't just called Dooku. <gasps> Wait, sounds... Darth Tyrannus, and then one of the clones is named Rex. Correct. Oh, shit. <laughs> you don't think. <laughs> you don't think. Have you ever seen all the clones at the same place at the same time? <laughs> How long ago was this galaxy far, far away before dinosaurs? <laughs> all right, I want to talk about the droids. Let's get into it. Are we good on the clones? Roger, I'm good Roger. On the clones. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I do love the episodes that focus almost entirely on clones because yes. then it's one person just talk to himself for <laughs> that 20 minutes. That is good. I, I loved, uh, there was one episode where we see a group of them in cadet training and they like, you know, it's it's kind of ham-handed and simplistic because like, oh, they need to learn how to work as a team yeah. and then they decide to work as a team and then they do great. But they sell it really well because like, Oh, like you can see these clone personalities. Star Wars knows how to manipulate our emotions. You know, yep. they're so charismatic that it makes any plot line work. And it's like you don't need to explain a whole lot of plot stuff because it's like there's this guy. He's many guys. He's having a great time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I he do is think, one with himself. Yeah. Do you think that is actually an advantage of Star Wars is you don't have to explain anything? That's like, true. You can just put stuff in there and like be like, because Star Wars, and that's good enough. So um, when I was talking about those outlines that they draw in the movies, some of those outlines are real fucking big. Yeah. So like it allows for a bunch of nonsense. Okay, but wait, uh, the squad you're talking about is Domino Squad. Yeah. So you see there's a couple episodes on the training. So interesting, this is a weird way with how they structured the show because they didn't put it in chronological order. And not all the arcs are even in, like sequentially. Because huh. the first couple episodes, I don't know how many you watched... I was the first three, I think. I think you might have seen it, where there's like some troopers on like a listening outpost that gets attacked by some like droids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Grievous is trying to sneak in stealthily and like destroy it so that they can't put out a signal. I don't think I did see it. No. Okay. Well, there's a, it's like in the first couple, first you know five or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a group of like new recruits that are trying to like with I think maybe Rex or somebody's there. I forget. But they have to work together to try to you know stop the commando droids from destroying the station, set out a distress signal, but. While that happens, a couple of them die because they get blown up or fall away or whatever, getting by a weird cave snake. I forget. I like a cave snake. Um, but then later you see the episode of them training and you're like, wait, I recognize these guys' names because <laughs> they were the recruits on that listening post back like 40 episodes ago. And oh, this that's was awesome. tough and heavy and uh, who else was in it? So Dang, yeah, they keep popping so up. You, you get there, you're like, oh wait, these are these guys. Oh god, four of them are gonna die. Like, <laughs> like some of them are already dead, and I, like I know that. Dead but now, now you see them. Like before, you, you didn't see their training montage, and then see them go to battle. Like, right. You see them battle, and they die. You're like, I don't know who these guys are, and then you see the training montage, and you get attached to them, only to realize that some of them are already dead. Yeah, the, which is really cool. That is pretty cool. It's really great that like in this show where there's just a ton of clones that you can follow them and keep track of them without too much trouble over the course of a, of a series. Yeah. That is uh, also kind of like a, a war story kind of thing um, that allow that, that this allows for. Uh, Ethan was telling me that in Rogue One that, you know, one of the characters that he'd been growing, like, uh, pretty attached to, at some point he realized, oh, this person has to die because they don't show up again because yeah. they can't show up again. So, like, and that's sort of like a reality of war thing where, like, so many of these guys are not going to come back. Like, yep. they... That that there's going to be casualties. That's that's what we're dealing with here. So having that fatalistic kind of sense about this entire series is is kind of neat. I'd like to mention that the fact that it's not chronological, they don't tell you that. Nope. <laughs> like you it's have the confusing. announcer saying what just happened, uh, but that doesn't really extra, help. Extra, extra. Like I looked up a list of like okay in chronological order 
how do these episodes work? And it's exactly what you'd expect from Star Wars, where it's just like, it's kind of whatever. <laughs> it's wherever yeah. it needs to be. We can, we can talk more about that later, but uh, the structure's weird. I want to talk about the droids. All right, sure. Let's Droid. do it. Uh, why? <laughs> tell me Tell me why. why tell me who like programmed this. Because, okay, <laughs> here's oh, the thing. No, this makes sense. Sidious didn't no. want them to be successful. They just wanted to, you know, they were cheap. Yeah, born to die. No. They wanted to overextend the, the, the you know, Republic or whatever. No, shut up. Because, like, it makes no sense that they're programmed like this. I, nope. I, I understand why C-3PO is, like, a doddering, fidgety, old British person. He's a diplomat. Because... Because he was like, he was created by Anakin, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, maybe Anakin, Anakin put some fun quirks in him. But if you're designing an army, why do they have such goofy personalities? <laughs> so it's insane. So this is an insane thing to do. My my headcanon way for the droids <laughs> is it's kind of like uh, Asimov's droids, robots. Yeah. Oh, Wait, where what? they're killing humanity no, no, no. to save it? No, 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 no. In in Asimov's the books, at least I don't know about the movie. Like, someone invents a positronic brain that creates artificial life. You can have AI. But the thing is, is that once you design the brain, you don't you don't program it. Like, it does it itself. So you don't know how it works. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the trouble. Is some droids can come up with really weird things. Like, they have the hard-coded, like, rules of robotics or whatever. Like, you can't kill humans, something like that. But then the rest of it, it just sort of, like, figures it out on its own. So it functions <laughs> like a human brain. So, yeah, it's AI. They're, so they're just... So the reason that they're such goobers yeah. is because... If they were better, then they would see themselves as better than humans, and then would have to kill humans. Or it's just like they're cheap, and so they don't <laughs> they don't design humans. a very powerful brain. They I just put a shitty brain in there. Well, they'd have to like, kill all humans if they were better constructed. Yeah. But no, it's they because know the, it's because, because they're goobers, the they're not the top of the whole totem pole, so they can get by with only killing some of them. No, it's because yep, the separatists treat them like crap, so they assume they're crap, so they reinforce that behavior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is one um, of the ones where I'm like, it's Star Wars, I'm not going to worry about it. It's I just have like, to take a quick break for a, a few minutes. You guys can keep talking or switch to a power. I have to up Chrissy uh, with the groceries. Yeah, the Darth Vader is so ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's very, very good. Darth Plagueis. <laughs> Darth Bane. <laughs> My name is Darth Bane. Who, uh, who did the Mental World 2? Yeah. What does Vader mean? Does it mean anything? I don't think so. So wait, Anakin's supposed to bring balance to the Force. He's the chosen one, right? And then, what is it, Luke ends up bringing balance to the Force? Is that the idea? Just balance to the Force never happens because it's a, like, Nirvana, promised land, uh, heaven on earth kind of idea. It feels like it's never happened. I feel like it's, I feel like it's almost like a religious ideal, like, um, like, uh, like heaven on earth. Or is it that weird stuff with the weird force planet? 
I don't know. Something happened where like he went there and they're like, you have to stay and take over. I'm pretty not into the forest planet. I was only I was sort of into it. There were parts I like and parts I didn't. Um, the, I, I thought the, the, the way that resolved was like, they're like, you need to stay here to like do the forest balance thing. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but like whatever. You gotta man the dials. And Anakin said, no, like, I'm gonna go back and like, so like, we've missed our shot. Like, we had a chance to bring balance to the forest and we didn't do it, so now we have to make it work. <laughs> I kind of like that explanation of like, Hey, we put all our eggs on this guy, and he didn't do it, and we failed, and now like, now we're in this shitty situation, and we have to try to fix it. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see it. So I kind of like like that sort of interpretation of like, the prophecy failed, broken, didn't yeah. work. Yeah, that that's true. I guess that's like one of the things that I always like in, you know, it doesn't happen often enough where yeah. prophecy doesn't yeah doesn't come to pass. I I never gave a credit for that, but that is. That is very good. I don't know if that's exactly the interpretation they're going for. If, if like, you know, in episode 9, they'll have I, someone I don't even know if it's, It might not even be a prophecy. Like, it might have just been, like, Yoda said some shit and someone took it the wrong way. Yeah. Balance to the Force. There will be. <laughs> oh, well, it's gonna happen. No, no, I was speaking metaphorically, I was. <laughs> you see that? Like shake of his head because he slugs it down. Like he doesn't even want it. <laughs> it dribbles down his beard. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so gross. <laughs> and the thing is, these like gross red nipples, like they're engorged. <laughs> Anything you can describe really the word engorged is kind of gross. Yeah. How day. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, see, just right into sure the mic. I had to make sure the mic was working. <laughs> yeah, I'd cough into it. Make sure it can hold up. Uh, so uh, let me get back into the droids. The, so the, the first thing that I noticed about their kind of quirky programming, uh-huh. I, I feel like someone did it on purpose, and then they just <laughs> didn't feel like retconning it, or like... They're just like it doesn't matter, but like in the in the narrative of someone creating Star Wars, we've had goofy shit before, oh, right? Yeah. We've had Ewoks. Yep. We've had Jar Jar Binks. Yep. We've had C three PO. I think C three PO is one of my favorite oh, characters from Star C- Wars. C three PO is real good. I used to hate him, but yeah, I think he's he's, he's very funny now. But, he's like, acting like I would of... act if I was there. <laughs> 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 the like the hand in the air sh- shuffle. Yes, where he's like freaking out. It's, or, it's beautiful. Or like the the Mister Roboto yeah. elbow motions. They're all very good. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, the droids uh, in this feel more like Zane. Do you remember Bob and George the web comic at all? Oh, of course. So in that web comic, all of Wiley's robot masters had goofy personalities that were related to uh, Bob and George's a Mega Man web comic. Sure. And all the robot masters have, like, quirky personalities related in some way to their function. Sure. So they would be a lot like Cutman from the Mega Man TV show, where he'd constantly be making cut puns. Yes. And that works on an individual level. I don't think it works when you are designing literally an army. Like, 
more than one person went into constructing these droids, I assume. It wasn't just some weird crackpot mad scientist in his lab. This was funded by a government. Yep. Well, they looked at the clones to... and they're like, oh, they've got wacky personalities, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. They're but they were our too, ass. They don't want to, like, you know, program each one, so they just copy-paste it over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some propagation errors there. It's it's just the the problem is the tonal inconsistency with the war setting. When I talked about how in the movies you were really dramatic, so between the movies in these other segments in the Clone Wars uh, TV show, what I want is for things to be toned pretty darkly and serious. And you can be goofy inside of that, but they show up so often and they're so gauche that it feel it breaks my immersion pretty hard. Yeah. One example of this, because I have a couple of examples, is that there's a droid scrubbing a f- scrubbing the floor with a sponge <laughs> like he's in boot camp or something. Again, this is a droid. Yep. <laughs> this is stupid looking B1s. <laughs> <laughs> and he says to himself, no one else in the room, this must be the worst job. Uh, excuse me. This must be the worst job in the droid army. That's pretty good. Uh who programmed him to have that kind of it's a live it's a living kind of mentality? Yeah. <laughs> and then Obi Wan busts in the door and he like sighs to himself and he's like, "Damn it!" And I just had overtime. And it gets cut in half. And it gets cut in half. It's like, why am I looking at this? Why would you pay them <laughs> overtime? Why would they have personalities? <laughs> We're defending the bridge alone against the Jedi. I hate this job. <laughs> like all of that is just incredibly strange, and it like. It's it it accomplishes a function which I don't think this show really wants, which is to have combat that is not serious. I, yeah. I remember there was uh you know the Star Wars Lego sets, and I loved building the like biggest bulkiest starship I could using all of the pieces. Mm-hmm. And I never and I had one of these little droid guys, and I never wanted to use him as a person because I thought he looked like such a dingus. So I would <laughs> rip off his head and put it on the front of the ship every time <laughs> as a warning to others. Yeah. <laughs> Like the fucking Reavers. No that. trespassers. <laughs> Solicitors will be shot. <laughs> yeah, it is like that would be like Reavers. I definitely started off hating the droids, and somehow they charmed me. <laughs> is it just like Stockholm syndrome? What do you think? I, I somehow like I. They are totally like totally inconsistent. They make absolutely zero sense, but somehow I like the joke of it. Like I think they just are a huge joke in and of themselves. But mm-hmm. like that doesn't that doesn't fight with your wanting to see this series as cool. I I don't know why, but I think they're funny. Maybe, maybe you just have a like a, I, I do a think, wider appreciation of multiple tones at once. I, think, I have a hard I time the, focusing. I think the show does treat them better. Like it's it's like too ham-fisted in the beginning, and they get like they get a little bit clever with their jokes later on. Mm-hmm. It's it's real bad. It definitely is real bad, and like yeah, I don't know why. Well, it's weird because none of the other characters really address the fact that these yeah. droids are weird and stupid no one talks about it that they're completely idiotic like, so i'm thinking like they accept they it as this, the pinnacle of ai they live in this great big galaxy with all sorts of different races some of them have to be sillier and just galactic protocol is like just let them talk to themselves and then yeah. resume yeah like that's I, the I etiquette know. here i kind of get it i think i would have preferred like they're in the at the end of the first season when there's that other robot Commander, robot commander, whatever. Yeah, the, it is. the you know the commander droids. Yeah, commander droid, and he talks like I want a droid to talk. Yeah, and he can still be funny. Like he says some stuff about like 
calculating the odds and how yeah. things are inconceivable and things like that. But he does it in a flat robot voice yep. that is very believable for an AI to like still say funny things, but not be like a Three Stooges character if it was a robot. I don't know if you heard the B2s talk ever. I don't think so. The big guys with the wrist blasters. No, I don't. They think They have so. like a real deep like voice, and it sounds good. Like yeah, yeah. That's what I want from yeah. a from a droid. The um the way I want it done is how they do it in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the twenty the twenty twelve cartoon. Sure. Where uh, what I want them to sound like is the Krang, whom are like the, these pink little like octopus monster brain things that inhabit these sort of. Uh, cylon-esque t-1000 sort of uh sort of uh android things they like they live in their chests and they make them move around and stuff and all our dialogue for that is speaking in the third person with no like personality or tone to it so they're constantly saying stuff like the krang requests the presence of the ones known as turtles to present to the one that is known as krang <laughs> you know they'll, they'll constantly be like referring to the same thing in the third person multiple times in the same sentence and that always cracks me up because i believe that it's an ai that this is the way a programming could function and it's not colloquial at all that's that's the thing that bugs me i like the roger roger thing because it seems like that could have been hard-coded in yeah <laughs> but like when they're like you know, t- chatting amongst themselves, like, sir, that I've got a bad feeling about this or something like that. Anything colloquial makes no sense with the droids. They make no sense, and maybe that's why I like them. Ma- like, maybe that's know. it. I don't know why. I can't explain why I like them. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's baffling to me. They're, they're horrible. Like, they sound awful. They, they don't make any sense. They don't fit in anywhere, and somehow I like them. I don't know why. It's just such a bold move. It's like in uh, Venture Brothers when they doubled down on those little, like, uh... You oh, know, the those Muppets? little minions. Yeah, where the creators are like, we're putting them in more places because everybody hates them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real there's flex. Like, there's one later on where, like, uh, one of the droids got killed by a Jedi, probably, and it's like it's lying in pieces there, and there's like, another collection looking at it, and they're they're talking about them like, oh, that's one of the older models. Like, of course it got killed. They, it doesn't know how to think of it. It can't think for itself like us, and they all go Roger, 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 Roger. <laughs> like, so that's a good one. That, yeah, that's a good line. That's a joke that cracked me up. I was yeah, like, that's really funny. That's, like, that's they all excellent. echo Roger, Roger between. Them. Yeah, like they're caught in a loop. <laughs> it's an older model. It can't think for itself. We have a uh, we, we we use Slack at work. Uh, Ulysses and I work in the same place, and we use the Slack channel. And he's constantly giving giffies of Roger, Roger. Oh, it's perfect. It just goes straight to the B ones. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Whenever you have an entire battalion of them marching, and you hear the in use and clank of their feet. Yeah, sounds great. I like the clank of their feet. Yeah, and I like, <laughs> like how the they're clank, all stepping time. Like, clank. yeah, they're their all animation because they don't have to do that anymore. CGI stuff like they don't have to do that kind of copy paste thing, but they do it here because they should be. They should be stepping exactly in time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I yeah, do think nice the clanks contrast. of them and like the looks of an entire battalion of them holding their rifles like blasting like looks good. Yeah, it's it, blast them. It kind of hard. <laughs> And then they it's fucking ruin it. Directly undercut. <laughs> but yeah, when, when they and are, it harkens just, back to the whole imperial march kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah when when they are just the thing. big, massive, like faceless wall of bad guys, I think they do look good. They there. look good there. Yeah, fits. So I want to talk about the narrator. Uh, this is voiced by Tom Kane, who also voices Yoda, but we've seen him before as Lord Monkey Fist from Kim Possible <laughs> and sure uh, Darwin from the Wild Thornberries. I do not think that the narrator sounds very cool at all. I love it. He's doing like this propaganda, like, hey, yeah. it's time to rally the troops. Last week, the Kaiser took five shots to the sternum of his war machine. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's like Legend of Korra. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like it's like that, just not as good. I sort of agree with Relaford. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's the tone thing, like because Avatar can handle a thing like having a goofy tone on the face of it, because so much of it is like it, it allows for that, and it's not trying to be a serious war movie most of the time. But this one is not, and it's still giving the extra, extra. Well, kind I of, like uh, it in that it's keeping man. with the tone of the of the movie's opening scroll. Yeah. It's just faster. It's eh. So like. Oh, this is really cool. It's like the separatists have invaded the... <laughs> well, I, I agree that I like the kind of cones. Like the the um, the um the little, like, you know, simple yeah. does not mean easy. Those little kind of... Uh, Messages in the beginning. Those Confucian sayings yeah. that a Jedi probably has to take to heart and internalize to some degree. I like that those preface every episode. Like the crawl, but a smaller version of it. It's just that the voice is very excited to be there. All right, wait. Conspiracy theory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... Love these. I, I, again, I haven't watched the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. I do want to. But my understanding is it's like more action-focused and it's grittier. Mm. Like Grievous is a total badass and like way scarier and intimidating in that one than he is in this one. He's kind of he, an idiot in this one. Yeah, he's, he's a little bumbling. He's sim- similar to the B1s. Anyways, the, uh, the cool conspiracy theory is that the Tartakovsky one is actually what happened. And the Clone Wars is propaganda. anime show is propaganda. It's promoted <laughs> by the Republic. And that's why it has this narrator who's cheerfully announcing it. And things are like a little bit lighter. And like, <laughs> Grievous looks like an incompetent idiot because, oh, the... Oh, and the droids the, all have ridiculous... And the droids all look like idiots. Like, it makes, <laughs> How are they going the, to get out of this it's, one? It's Republic propaganda. I, I almost buy that. Because <laughs> remember, just, the propaganda would be controlled by Darth Sidious. Yes. And if you're setting it up so that the rebels are bad and incompetent for later... That kind of works yeah. <laughs> with your, you know, step eighty-five of your master plan. I was kind of so thinking. Many steps. I, I was kind of thinking that like the series as a whole could be taken as like an aggressive training simulation for new Jedi. Yeah. Because of those little snippets at the beginning of each episode, like I'm sure. Um, you know, we're, we're training new Jedi. We have to give them the, uh, their training manual. We have to teach like in the far future, almost. Um, like past the era of Darth Vader, yeah. when uh, when it's clear like these Jedi did not do the right thing, and that this is a look back oh. and like these are the these are the lessons that we should have learned that Anakin <laughs> very clearly did not. Mm-hmm. Don't make the same mistakes they did. Uh, yeah. You know, a couple hundred years ABY after uh, Star Wars is usually <laughs> referenced as before the Battle of Yavin, BBY, and after the Battle of Yavin, which is when. Uh, Palpatine was destroyed on the Death Star. Oh, okay. They, they, those Ewoks gave it to him. Yes. The, the way to go, boys. That is, our, that, is, that is Jesus. That's the same thing in Star Wars. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Except instead of, like, God rising up, it's like, this guy's a real asshole, and we finally took him down. Yeah, he's dead now. <laughs> um, I, I do like the juxtaposition of, um, and, like, the idea of a training thing, because before the narrator gets in each episode, we get, like, this, like, quote yeah. of like the nature of life and the nature of war like a sun Tzu kind of thing like in order to yep. know the future you must reflect on the past yep dateline yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is kind of a neat bait and switch uh before we go more into tone do you want to you you said you wanted to say something about dooku um do we want to talk about dooku wait we can briefly i think we want to keep moving but i guess i guess most of my stuff about dooku could we could talk about an animation Okay. In general, though, we talked about the sort of main good. characters, but I think a lot of the side characters are really good too. Yeah. The other one off. You see, you know, like Obi Wan's cool love bounty hunters, and I like Cad Bane a lot. I don't know. He's a Western guy. Like, he's got a huge, huge hat. Like it's enormous, wide brimmed hat, and he's a bounty hunter who hunts down Jedi. And like 
He's got a cool voice and has a cool Western trope theming. I liked uh, I like Dooku's apprentice. Uh, oh, I love Asajj Ventress. Yeah, she also has a fabulous art. Darth Monster. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just it's fun to make up Darth names. It's oh, very easy. She, she was never promoted to you know master. She doesn't get a Darth well, honorary title. member. But um, I like yeah. her arc a lot. Yeah, her her arc's pretty cool, and also her entire race. Yeah, kind of reminded me of like the Underdark. Yeah, like that's that society of backstabbers and yeah. like and like shadow ninjas. <laughs> I that, that, that's you know one of the things I love about Star Wars is you can have a planet like Dathomir where there's like witches and weird like spooky <laughs> yeah, green ichor magic and like yeah. zombies and shit. Like why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah, it's Star Wars. Just do Are it. we done with droids now? Okay, we're going to go with a coven. Let's yeah. get a coven of yeah. witches going in a bog world. Um, this is, this but, is the importance of the narrator. He realizes that that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that. You know, there's a there's an enormous amount of this, and they bring in a lot of cool side characters. I think are really fun. Yeah, I, I I would definitely agree with that. I think there was one episode that I really enjoyed where Ahsoka loses her lightsaber mm-hmm. and has to go get it back so that uh, so that Dad doesn't find out that I lost his gun. Yeah, um, basically <laughs> for the for the most part. Um, no, you got it. Yeah, yeah. and you know, in in the process of getting it back, she you know meets these like two thieves thief persons who just want to like sell it or whatever and uh, she's aided by an old jedi looks like a i don't know a humanoid tortoise almost like he's got like this big like snout and like kind of dragon whiskers but he moves very slowly and the entire like theme of the episode is be patient yep um and I, i liked him quite a bit too because he was both very wise and also clearly a doddering old man in in sort of equal parts like they didn't really um they didn't really say, like, oh, he's not actually senile. He's this. But he's like, well, he's also senile, though. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they were kind of... I, I like the I like the little extra characters. In looking through tone and genre, I think we've already kind of wrapped up the practical versus idealism thing and how it just permeates all of this show. So I'm fine moving past that into animation. If you guys didn't have anything else to say. No, I think we've hit the, the themes throughout. Right. Man, I got confused. Um, do you do animation first or tone and genre first? We do animation uh, after tone and genre. Oh, okay. Yeah. You but listen to a lot of them. How do you yeah, not know I don't know, know why I got it mixed up. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, That's why so I have this... notes. That's why I have the order out yeah. here. So this uh, show is, you know, computer-generated 3D animation. Mm-hmm. And it's... It took a little bit to get used to. Agreed. It's jarring. <laughs> I didn't yeah. find it jarring, actually. I thought it was kind of, it, it looks kind of like Reboot. I was going like, to say... Uh... <laughs> It's a little it's gross really... to look at at first. Uh, maybe maybe this is just like kind of my animation callus. Like I think yeah. I have a very easy time adopting a new animation format, whereas other people would have a harder time with it. I I jump. I got I got used to it pretty quick. I thought it was a little weird. I came around, but the initially is a little rough. Well, also because I think they get better over time. You know, so what they're doing mm. is these are very detailed um, textures put on top of polygons, yeah. but they have to decide to move any given polygon and so you get a lot of kind of herky jerk early on uh you know they, they put a lot of effort in during the fight scenes but yeah you know just standing walking around it's very obvious that like this person's chest is just a single cylinder that like has some bumps on it they have that problem with their hair where it looks all play-doh factory molded yeah. onto their scalps and like there's no hair physics no so every time i look at obi-wan's fucking <laughs> rectangular <laughs> follicles <laughs> i love I, his beard so much uh, <laughs> oh it's so good. it is disgusting <laughs> it looks so bad yeah um but like it 
it does grow on you over time and they get better with it. Um, and I think it works because there are a lot of details that need to be conveyed that don't need to move. You know, Star Wars has been in comics before and so we're fine with just having like big colorful shapes and they don't need to move around a lot. Yeah. What's that thing the about fights. the uh what what's that thing about um the Millennium Falcon and like why it looks so garbage is cuz like it was designed to look like garbage cuz it was like made out of a bunch of other parts. I mean, that's I, I think with the especially the original trilogy because they did so much of it with like practical effects and that's right. why things look really clanky and gritty cuz like they just built it out of whatever shit they had there, you know. I'm a little torn on the like I I guess the models, you know, they I, I think that the characters don't look great. I got used to them enough that I oh I believe that this is Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. You know they it it holds to whatever animation style it's doing, and you eventually just get used to the fact that you know Count Dooku is a series of angles and I nothing else. Love how Count Dooku looks. <laughs> His face is so Look, long. It's so long. I love it. <laughs> His cheeks are so sunken. He's just, he's just all vertical lines. He, he looks is, so amazing. He is wearing a tiki mask <laughs> of I, himself. I love looking at Dooku. <laughs> I love how like he has this perpetual like frown because it's the, the, the just the sharp angle with his big beak nose. Like, yeah. Oh man, he looks so good. It's to aquiline. Me. <laughs> I love how Dakota Dooku looks. It's. I mean, it, again, it takes getting used to it, but once you get used to it, you're yeah. like, I can't see Dooku any other way. He's in so this. menacing. <laughs> so I I think that the models are like fine, if a little jarring. The the animation in general for the fight scenes, I wanna I wanna talk about a couple of different oh, yeah. notions. Um, but get, give me your kind of hard take on the on the fight scenes. No, what do you got? You want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to color your opinion, bruv. I got I don't. You're not. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, I've got two. There's two things. I think that like having the enhanced camera motion that you get with these CGI shows really helps for the purposes of like if we're gonna do a lot of force jumping, I want to be able to move around and look at it mm-hmm. from a bunch of different angles. So yeah, very active directing. We're yeah, get, we're getting some of the busier scenes that we couldn't have in the movies because of the, you know, how, how, because of live action, basically. Remember in Lupin the third, if James Bond couldn't do this thing, Lupin's able to do this thing because (laughs) it's, it's all like animation. We can do whatever we want. We can flip in the air like 80 times. It doesn't matter. So I think that was, that was sort of a problem with the prequel trilogy is sweet Jedi, like lightsaber fights just don't work live action because you can't do that. I don't think they fucking work here. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't think they work here right, finish, at all. Finish your saying. Finish your saying. Go. What I'm saying is, I think they're crazy overused. Lightsabers do not feel cool in this because there's so many of them. There's so many of them, and every time they're used, it it doesn't have that presence that it does on the big screen. When you when you know when Alec Guinness draws his lightsaber to face off against uh, whoever the hell, I don't remember. Switch spoilers <laughs> now. Yeah, you uh, can't remember Darth Vader. Darth Wager, yeah. Oh, because he had a gambling problem. That was his <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's his. That was his fatal flaw. <laughs> um, when he faces off against him, and he Never like draws the, the saber, and it like vertically bisects basically his like the, the camera shows his face bisected with him in that guard stance, and the sound effect around it is much bigger than it is here because they have to do it here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> if the sound effect was that big, it would be deafening. So what mm-hmm. they do is they scale it back. And all of the fight scenes are like a hundred lightsaber slashes. No individual slash really feels that cool. I think that they treat the nuclear option that is the lightsaber as much more of a utility weapon. And in doing so, kind of scales back the importance. It doesn't feel cool to me anymore. It just feels like a, a different gun. 
<laughs> oh, everything's blocking and a, deflecting. It's a different context too. Like, all right, so original trilogy, no one's seen Star Wars before, and in the context of then, like, there are no Jedi left. There's no Sith left. Like, there's there's nothing, mm-hmm. right? So a lightsaber is a really big deal because they just weren't a thing. Right. Back in the Republic time, during during here, like, there's Jedi running around. You know, there's not that many, but they all run around. They all have lightsabers. They're all prominently fighting in the war. So yeah, you get lots of lightsaber battles. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes sense that it's not a big deal because they're not as big a deal because everyone's running around with lightsabers. It makes sense, but it means that I'm not looking at it like it's a cool mystical weapon anymore. Yeah. And that was a large part of the draw of the lightsaber for me. Hmm. Why are the... Sorry, back to yeah. plot. Why are the Jedi on the side of the Republic against the Separatists? What's the What's the logic there? They're the only ones who had the council room with enough different sized chairs for all the different races. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so cool. Yeah. Like, I, I look around the council and I'm like, oh, Yoda's, Yoda's got a little bitty ottoman. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And Plo Koon or whoever the hell. Did I get his name right and not Darth Vader? Great. Yeah, um, Plo Koon's the guy with the goggles and the mask. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, his he's, design's he's real great. fun. Uh, he's, he's got, like, this the, more throne-style chair. I forget what, again, I They're forget the They're all personalized. But uh, that race is, like, from a planet that has a different atmosphere. That's it's why like, he's got the the breathing mask. So he has to have apparatus. like uh, like thing to cover his eyes because his eyes needs a specific like toxic gas that can't be out, and he has to breathe through it too. Yeah, he's got like bane tentacles going yeah, through that like that, that beer <laughs> like hat that he has. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I don't. I just it, I can see that there are reasons for the lightsaber to be much more ubiquitous in this yeah. series. I just think that it makes it not cool. Huh. See, I thought I thought the you know. Force power Jedi fights look way better in animation. Like, I, maybe they just didn't have the same weight to them that the yeah because they happen all the time. You see, like they, they become standard, but I think they individually like they do look good. the The choreography is good. That's true. They do this weird thing that I I feel like I noticed that seems strange at first, where two characters lightsaber are fighting and they'll like swing the lightsabers. The lightsabers will connect. They'll pause for a moment and then move to like the next strike, and they'll do some spins and stuff, and then lightsabers connect and they pause again. Did you notice that? Um, I guess so. Now I'm like replaying some Ahsoka shenanigans in my head. I mean, they do that in the movies as well, right? That sort of ebb and flow of the battle because these things can cut through anything. No, not not the uh, not the like we're gonna bind them in the middle and have a conversation over our lightsabers, <laughs> or not, they not twist that. around each other because each person's Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not talking about that. But like individually, they'll they'll pause for a moment on each like strike when their lightsabers meet. Okay. Which they they definitely don't do in the live action ones. Really? Yeah. I, I did not notice this. I feel like what it does is it makes a really fast paced lightsaber fight watchable to someone it's almost like adrenaline time yeah they'll like they'll like slow it down for a moment every time you see a strike connect and then speed it up like in between so you see cool acrobatics and then like cut 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 where you can see each blow happening that seems like really cool that seems like a samurai trope almost yeah maybe where like you see the clash yeah of the swords and not generally the movement between the strikes yeah but like yeah in between the strikes is fast and fluid but when they when they connect they all each character will hesitate for a moment Mm. Like they'll stop there for a second. They don't exchange words. They just pause for a minute. So you can mm. see like, oh, they cut at each other and blocked it. Move on to the next thing. Yeah, that is, that is true. 
So I think that really like convinced me that the, the lightsaber fights looked cool and you could see each strike. It allowed you to see like the super fast paced action happen because they gave you a moment to intake it. I guess I'm, I think this may be also like my anti action movie fast paced uh, scene bias because I also felt that in the original trilogy whenever the lightsabers would meet. I didn't need the, you know, kind of high octane thrill of a lightsaber duel that actually looked good. Because <laughs> the con the concept of a lightsaber duel was good enough sure. for me. I found that um, I-, I didn't see a ton of lightsaber duels so much, but I found that the inclusion of the Jedi meant that there was a lot of battles where just like force push and force pull were used constantly. Why are they not using that more? Is my yeah, question. Yeah, I too. Don't worry about it. Did you only get so many casts per day? <laughs> it-, it also had a very like. There was one wide episode, range of strengths to, to no power. There was one episode where Ahsoka got captured by like these headhunter lizards who yeah, who who like most dangerous gamed her. Yeah. And the reason that they did that is because they wanted to take down a Jedi, but Jedi were too powerful. But then they close in on her and she's just fucking force slamming them against trees left. How how is your prey having telekinesis a good idea? Yeah. Telekinesis is like the not cool part of Jedi. Like it feels like they're trying to pretend like, I don't know if you gave me telekinesis or force lightning, I choose telekinesis every time. Yeah. And like, it's crazy to me. Wait, did you guys see any of those dumb looking spider tanks? Yeah. (laughs) No, I did see Darth Maul with spider legs. We should talk about that in a minute. Um, (laughs) Hold on. That's very important. We'll get to it. There's these like, they're like round spheres that are, you know, maybe like six feet in diameter or something. They're, and they have four spider. S- stupid spider legs. And it has two red eyes and a nose that's a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> it has like a Pinocchio nose cut out that's a cannon. Yay! It looks so dumb. I see the lightsabers used against them a lot. Um, yeah. I, I see it used as like cutting droids. But very rarely do I see the actual like... Well, that's a samurai jack. We can slice yeah. someone in half if it's a robot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they kill wait. a lot of people in this they show. They kill them, but they don't show gore. Right. We've seen people... I mean, that, that was kind of the... I almost feel like maybe that was an original consideration of a lightsaber anyway. They knew they were going to have to chop off Luke's hand, but they didn't want it to gush blood for 20 minutes. Uh, in the Mos Eisley Cantina, when Obi-Wan slices off that, you know, my friend doesn't like you either guy's hand, there's blood. Okay, then. <laughs> well, alien biology. Don't and, worry about it. Yeah. His was a special lightsaber. It's been tainted with the dark side. And yada, yeah. Yada. <laughs> uh, tell us about Darth Maul with spider legs. Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> About the force thing, because I saw one of the Jedi force push one of those stupid looking spider tanks and it turned off. Like, <laughs> Oh, like click a button from a distance? You just pushed it and it fell over and turned off. It found its hard reset. <laughs> God, Why are you even bothering to run at them and cut them with a lightsaber? Why don't you just knock each one down or like knock a bunch of them down? Yeah, just use your force tired. EMP. Yeah. It's very simple. Uh, I want to talk about a different part of the animation that i thought was a missed opportunity oh. which the is small the... spider robot no that was obviously that was great but <laughs> the uh, occasionally spoiler they... alert darth maul's alive <laughs> <laughs> i mean like kind of if you could call that alive. spoiler alert, he's out he's um, out for revenge <laughs> because he was mauled you see oh uh, it makes sense now um the the dog fights which are kind of a star wars mainstay you know we're having lightsaber duels and we're also having futuristic fighter jet versus gigantic walking tank things yeah that happens a lot yep if we are in a space fight we are not limited to two dimensions and yet invariably planes all fucking fly in formation 
at like a planar level. They're never coming in from the bottom or from a, a different angle. They're it's always to avoid like wind resistance. two squadrons flying directly at each other. Why why do we not have more of a three-dimensional kind of Star Fox kind of thing going on? I think you do. I did not see it. I think initially you have collection of bad guys at point A, you have collection of good guys at point B, and there is a radial direction between them and there's no other way you can approach, right? Like you have to go at each other. Once the big battle starts, then it's in this big sphere where there's like ships flying all over and, you know, red and green lasers passing by and blue lasers. It looks awesome. I but, I don't feel, I feel like I didn't see it that much. I feel like on the approach, you're right. They're all just coming straight at each other. But I feel like once the big battle starts and you have the the big, uh, the capital ships like lined up, they're blasting each other and like, mm-hmm. and there's just this cloud of fighters going around. Okay. So I do, you do see that once the, once the battle's like underway, then the stuff is moving all over the place. Maybe I, maybe I just didn't see any of it. Mm. What about you, Zane? Uh, no, I, I didn't really see much in terms of like space battles. I meant to watch more, but again, Netflix cock blocked me in the last minute. <laughs> I know, <it's> so sad. <laughs> One thing in the, so like the animation I found like there were certain problems with. I think the part that they do the best and the part that I am most drawn to in this show is exploring an alien world. Oh, yeah. Because they're beautiful. Yeah. This is the every, strength. Every time mm. we are in a new world, it looks amazing. Yep. Did, like you, to, did you see Felucia? I don't I don't have any idea what that is. <laughs> did you see the arc with General Krell? I don't have any idea what that is. <laughs> it's a four-armed Jedi dude. Okay. Wait, who, he's a four-armed alien Jedi guy that wields a double-bladed lightsaber in each arm. They're so funny. <laughs> The lightsaber These things grown on trees. The, the lightsaber like creative expression is very good to me. Oh yeah, um, it's like a weird. It's like dark all the time, and there's it's like a weird fungus jungle. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it looks so cool, and the aliens there look cool. They have like bubble helmets, and they ride these like sweet bubble ships. They're, oh, they're just totally cool. The, the I mean the 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 strength is that this is a you know new world that I'm interested in exploring because they can make it look beautiful. The problem with it is that we just never spend that much time in it because we are trying to accomplish a mission. So there will be scenes where, like, we're on the Twi'leks home planet and we are, we, we see, like, these weird, like, bipedal hog sphere things drinking from a pool. And yep. then they scatter as a spaceship comes down and starts running through this vibrant jungle. And that's awesome, but it only lasts for, like, 15 seconds because we then need to go into yep. the war zone. But I want to just kind of walk around in this vibrant jungle for a little bit. Or like when we had, um, uh, whatever, Asani, Asaj Ventress. Mm-hmm. Is that who that was? Yeah, Ventress. Her her home planet. Dathomir. I could, I could walk around for days. It's really cool. Give me a journey type game where I just explore these worlds. And I will be, I will be super happy. But uh, of course, you know, plot doesn't wait for world exploration, so... Um, it's sort of like a push and pull between showing me cool things and not letting me exist in that space. I don't know. What do you think, Zane? How you feeling? I I, I have <laughs> nothing to contribute. I I agree. Okay. I, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's also like one of the things that this show does is uses a Star Wars skin to make an old plot a little bit newer. Like, uh, uh, it kind of has a fresh coat of, coat of Star Wars paint on it. Yeah. So, like, maybe I've seen an episode of a thing where somebody has stolen something from the protagonist and they have to go through the criminal underworld in order to get it back. 
and you say the same plot with a Star Wars thing on it is a Jedi gets her lightsaber stolen from her and she has to go through this Chuck Palahniuk sci-fi <laughs> underworld dystopia in order to get it back. Mm-hmm. That's much cooler. Oh, yeah. And none of the plot elements changed. It's just that it has a new skin on it. But that's enough sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Well, and also that skin has the emotional weight of Star Wars behind it where, you know, you don't have to fill in everything yourself. A lot of it's already ready-made for you. So, like, just talking briefly about the music. Um, yeah, they, let's get into music and sound. They hit those emotional beats. You know, you've got those bombastic, like, French horns that are everywhere. Yep. Um, just, like, the concept of a heroic action is so culturally already based on what happens in the original Star Wars movies that they kind of can just go right into that. Yep. Yeah, this, I think, I think the people making, I think when they made this, they recognized that they weren't going to be able to top John Williams, so they just emulated whatever they could from the movies, and I have no problem with that. Oh, it's, sometimes it's just like, you played it as close to the same thing as possible so that you wouldn't get sued, but you wouldn't get sued because this is a sanctioned, like, what's the thinking here? I, I think that the music, if even if it was like maybe punched up to be a bit faster to accommodate for the mm-hmm. fact that this is a cartoon, the twenty-something minute cartoon as opposed to a movie, like it's all very faithful music. Sure. I think that it, it, I think it does a great job. Um, yeah, let's see here. Uh, I want let let's talk about the dialogue in terms of like the different races and how they how the different voices for the different races kind of are modulated to sound alien. Because I think that's very... That's, I think that's an excellent touch. Mm-hmm. Every time that Plo Koon talked and you yeah. had, had that Bane voice underneath <laughs> his regular voice, that was pretty cool. Uh, Cad Bane as well, the bounty hunter, has a really cool sounding voice where it's like... This is like rolling rough sort of sound. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like this Western cowboy guy and so it like sort of fits that... Even though like... It's you know he's just, he's just a random cowboy in the middle of like Star Wars, yeah. and they give him a cowboy voice somehow. Even though he's just like weird alien with red eyes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for Anakin, they put in a uh, angsty teen voice removal feature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they put a filter up on there. I think oh, that did a lot so better. <laughs> and they and they put all of that through a, na- a nasal filter and put it into all the droids. Because it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> you yeah, need to have balance in the in the universe. In the force. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys watch anything with Mother Talzin? No. I don't no. think. Wait. Is she the... It was on Dathomir. It's, it was it's... Ventress's like, leader. Yes, I did. Oh. She sounds awesome. Did you hear her voice? I did. Zane, did you hear? No. I. I well, these are we'll, all new nouns. We'll, we'll, we'll clip it in. You gotta, gotta listen to it. She She's the leader of the witches, right? And she's wearing yeah, this like, cool well. red robe and like does spooky, weird magic stuff that's... Mm-hmm technically force related or something yeah she's I like a drow Whatever. queen yeah basically <laughs> but she has a she has a transylvanian accent like she sounds like you know oh transylvanian gosh. vampire kind of thing mm-hmm. but like half a second behind all her lines like a spooky deep like a shadow demon whisper, voice yeah. says the same thing i believe the old alliance can again be what it once was you would only have to pledge your clan's allegiance to the separatists cause we could certainly use the powers of the Night Sisters against the Jedi. Such a generous offer, Count. But our loyalty is reserved for only each other. The only reason I am aiding in your search for a new assassin is because long ago, you chose to help me. After this matter is resolved, 
I hope our paths never cross again. That's really great. Running like a slight delay behind everything she says. It's so cool. I didn't notice that it was because of a delay. But I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna it's, have to check I'm that out. I'm pretty sure again. it's on a very slight delay. It's like like a, you know partial bits of a second behind what she says. I love it when. So that's actually like a brave thing that uh, Star Wars is so uh, innovative in so many ways. This might have been one in the trilogy, although I, I'm hard pressed to remember details right now. But it's something I always love seeing is when they go outside the bounds of what they think is possible for regular biology. So for a thing to have more than one voice simultaneously, yeah. it doesn't seem like it should be that cool, but it always is. <laughs> um, I'm specifically thinking of In Shadow of the Colossus, the pretty much the person who talks to you, Dorman, who gives you your missions to like go to this place. It talks in two voices at once, and the, and the, and the effect is kind of almost divine. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a thing that I cannot understand. Mm-hmm. They do it in um, with the dumb three episodes on... Uh, on that, on the Force planet, where oh, Force on a holy is... holy war planet, yeah, on, uh, yeah, the planet of the holy war, uh, the, the yeah. father, the son, tragedy. and the daughter, Force the planet. holy daughter, daughter, yeah, Force planet. It's terrible. <laughs> I like Force planet. I don't. Know. <laughs> it was very stupid. I, I, I like how they. I didn't like some of it. They they went to the planet because they were like, "Ooh, I got some strong Force energy feelings," and they're like, "Anakin, you're the chosen one. Can you be the ultimate hero?" And he's like, "I'm gonna go." And then, yada 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 they all die and, and anakin and pals just like well let's just not tell anyone about this this is kind of embarrassing <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing on all levels like I nobody was good that's exactly what happened I, I do he goes like in kills three gods and was like this is a bad day <laughs> yeah this we, is a bad day for we the didn't force. do great on this one guys i just I sort of like the idea that like there's a prophecy where anakin brings balance to the forest he goes to the place where he's supposed to do that. They say, hey, can you do this? He says, no. Murders them, leaves. And like, I sort of like the deal that everything after that is like, well, we missed our shot. Like, Yeah, that's, that's yeah, he's, the, he's the chosen one, but he's still got to do his rumspringa. Like, yeah. Just kind of run around for a while. Now no, I'm just pick up the pieces. You could all, I almost wonder if that, you know, talking about Obi-Wan's character and how he sort of got used to the idea that he might have done more harm than good in training Anakin... I wonder if that was kind of a, not a turning point, but like something that stuck out in his memory as like, this was the point at which things changed or, or this, this was when things could have been right, mm. but because they weren't now, there's no way, nowhere for this to go, but tragedy. I, I love the Obi-Wan arc of like, I'm going to make myself better. No, I'm going to make the world better. No, I screwed things up. I'm just going to stay out of the way. No, wait, maybe I can salvage something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no, no, they're bringing me back in for one last mission, but I'm going like, to make it quick. He is all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan's great. Um, yeah. Uh, do we have anything else in any of our topics? <laughs> I think we're, we, we've hit on why this show is kind of great. Yeah. Uh, and why Star Wars is still, like, so popular. I was less keen on this show than you guys were. I see the mm. merit of it, but I think that the spectacle is its strength, and in that, I could only really enjoy the atmosphere. I didn't really care about the animation. Like I said, I think the lightsabers look bland in this. I think that um, n- none none of the plot beats... Like, anything about the Force is something I absolutely don't care about. <laughs> so, so like, that, that tonal argument, while cool, like, that this... Uh, the good guys are actually going to be oppressive and that, that we need balance in the force as opposed to goodness of the force. I feel like I've seen it elsewhere. It, this this is not kind of a neat twist on it in that it's a thing where most of the time we've historically seen Star Wars as being like, don't go to the dark side of the force. Clearly mm-hmm. that's bad. 
mm-hmm. to also see it filtered in don't go to the good side of the force i like i don't know if they go far enough with it i wish they'd push that message more that would have been cool um, I uh, I think I have kind of the opposite um, feeling because this show made me care about Star Wars for the first time in like a decade. And yeah. like it has to do with events from the actual movies rather than like I loved KOTOR, but that took a long, took place a long, long time ago. Um, and so this show actually makes me want to go back and watch all those movies and kind of approach them now that I'm not a child and actually understand what's going on. I do think the show is better if you care about Star Wars or if it makes you care about Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but the, the like the contributions it does to filling out the lore like makes the Anakin to Vader transition way better. Yes. Like, fills that in for you. You get to see these characters you like and see their backstories more. Like, I think that I think that liking Star Wars does make the show a lot better. If if you are making this show to color in the outlines that the movies create, yeah. then the more you care about the outlines, the cooler yeah. the coloring it yeah. will be. And I just kind of didn't very much, so I was getting as much as I could without yep. really understanding why the outlines yep. were necessary. And it sounds like I'm really glad that you have this experience with it because I don't, I don't besmirch anybody for enjoying Star Wars. It's clearly cool. <laughs> I don't get much from it, sure. but like, it's you know this cultural phenomenon that is very important to people, and they should have as much of it as their heart desires. And this is a unique segment of it. So if you want more Star Wars, this is a good place to go. Mm-hmm. Seeing a Palpatine's rise to power. Oh. I didn't get to see actually see Palpatine as depicted in this. Yeah, I didn't see any up. of He's, him. He looks as dumb as he did in the prequel trilogy. I think he looks so funny in general. <laughs> so goofy looking. <laughs> like he barely looks like he's in the show. He's just an old man who wandered on set, but that's impossible yeah. <laughs> because it's animated. <laughs> uh, there's actually in the like the sixth season or something, there's a bit where I don't know if it actually happened or if it was a dream, whatever. Yoda confronts Darth Sidious. So he shows up in a red robe, and he has two lightsabers, and they fight. <laughs> <laughs> Just to keep the skills sharp, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have much more to say about this either. Do you have anything else to, to kind of comment on? Because this is your chance. Yeah. I mentioned earlier, there's an episode with a little frog guy commanding a group of droids. Mm-hmm. So they made, I'll, I'll explain further. They made like three episodes where it's only it focuses on a team of droids that go on a mission. Right, like astromech droids too. So like R two style, where they beep and whistle at each other. Mm. Uh, and I thought it was, it was such a missed opportunity because they could have had three, like you know, some number of episodes where you have no dialogue, where you have only droid characters and they speak to each other in beeps and whistles, and then it's up to them to like tell a story without any words. And that would have been so cool. But instead, they put in it this could little have been frog like guy. Episode of uh, BoJack Horseman. Or, There's no dialogue. I've seen that one, but it could be like the episode of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, Hush, where mm-hmm. someone steals all their voices, and it's oh. really cool. It's like one of the best episodes. Or but, the, or a quiet place. Yeah, but instead they put in this little frog guy who has a really obnoxious personality. He's like, uh, you know, overly competent and boisterous, and like trying to like he's arrogant, but is totally incompetent. And he just translates everything the droids say in an obnoxious voice, and it's fucking miserable. Hey there! It looks like you're trying to use droids. I was so May I suggest. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking creepy. <laughs> That's so rough. Ah, missed opportunity. Let me let me ask you this, because you are the person who uh, I would say this show is for. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you feel like the people who made this show understood why it's cool in the same way that you do? By and large, yeah. Yeah? You you don't feel like they were going for a different thing than you picked up? No. You think it was, they, it was, it was I mean, more or less marketed toward the part of your heart that enjoys this? It's stated that they the creators were fans who wished the prequels were better. Yep. I guess that and is I think it, it, it checks those boxes really good. Like, yeah. Hey, this is the prequels, but actually good. Yeah. <laughs> 
you gave me kind of like a uh, a fillerless walkthrough of like the episodes to check out to get a good fabric of this story. I almost wonder if you could, you know how there's like those different orders that people watch the movies in, like yeah. watch the originals, then watch the prequels or yeah. watch this machete order and skip yeah, to because yeah. it's worthless. What if you just had like 10 episodes of Clone Wars, ones that you picked out and then the original trilogy <laughs> <laughs> or opposite? Like, do you think that would be a an appropriate order to watch this that stuff? That would be better. In? You watch the original trilogy because they reference stuff that happened in the yeah. Clone Wars. And, and you, you want to know that watch stuff. This, yeah. You get to get the filler. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah that, you don't have to watch the prequel. Yeah. Absolutely don't care anything about Padme. <laughs> oh, you haven't you haven't heard of the most audacious way to watch the uh, Star Wars movies, which is just to watch Attack of the Clones six times. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly related. Do we think the structure of the show was significant? Like, like, why did they choose to put things in weird arcs that were not even chronological and sometimes not altogether? Well, they were constantly on the verge of cancellation, so I think they wanted to tell certain stories and then realized, oh, there's a really cool story here, but it happens before this stuff. Let's go for it. I I I found that I didn't lose anything from having them be not chronological. You know, I I was jumping around a little bit, so maybe I'm just kind of used to things not being chronological. But but if you watch it in sequential order, you're just jumping around a bit. It jumps around a little bit. Maybe it's, I mean, like, you could view it through the prism of... This is, these are the people reporting on the war. These are the snippets of stories that people back home get. It doesn't really matter what the order is because the, the, the point of it is getting the the feeling in each particular arc, distilling that and like kind of imbibing yeah. it. Like, I'm sure it's not it a story been... that they're telling so much. It's like a bunch of feelings. And I'm sure it would have been a problem for some of those really big and important events, but I would not have known that this was out of order unless I looked it up. I, there were a couple times where I watched it, and I'm like, this is referencing something that, like, did it already happen? Is this before that other episode I just watched? Like, I'm not sure. It was confusing a couple times to me, where I couldn't tell if it was before or after a previous episode I just watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was kind of odd. I was actually kind of at an advantage there, because I didn't care about the characters' plot yeah. very much. So they could be fluid, and I wasn't bothered by it. I got, the specifics of the I got plot. to see a cool glass planet. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm in. I don't care what age we're at. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that's all I have. Uh, do you, if, if you don't have anything else, let's uh, let's move into wrap-up. Sure. I mean, I could keep talking about great episodes, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to pick one. You can't stay... Like, I, I won't stop on that. <laughs> I, got, I got business. <laughs> yeah. No problem. We don't need to go down the hole. Uh, so you feel like this was... Uh, where, where does this land and you, you you said this got you into star wars oh, yeah. but then you watched other star wars and read other things where does this stand in terms of quality in the star wars spectrum i think it's tough because i think it does vary sort of what we initially said that some episodes are amazing and some are just sort of mediocre and a lot of the ones of the first season are bad the, the curse of having a long run time <laughs> yeah there's a there's a crap lot of it you know so some of it goes some bad but um i think it ranks pretty high because as I was saying, I like the side stories a lot more than sort of the main like Skywalker main movie trilogy stuff. Yeah. Um, so this gets a lot of that. I liked Ahsoka, so anything focusing Ahsoka's on really her good. her did a lot for me. I liked Ahsoka. And a lot. I like the I like the clones. I love the clones. Clones oh. are great. I love that they show up in Rebels. Yeah, that's get pretty to meet cool. A couple clones. That's pretty cool. There's even a there's one in Rebels where the group of clones that they found, there's like only a few left meet up with a commander droid and a bunch of like b1s that have been like segregated on a planet and they think the war is still on 
Oh. Like, they didn't realize that the war's over, and they have to, like, reenact a battle in order to do It's really funny. Oh, That's my God. They got to trick them. They just do an episode of Clone Wars in the middle of Rebels. It's <laughs> the perfect con. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, but yeah. how, did you, how did you end up liking this scene? I liked it a lot, you know? I, I wanted to see more, and I might go out of my way to, to find the rest of them at some point. Um, but I think more than anything else, I want to go back and look at the uh, sort of the main touchstones of the series and the plot to just sort of just sort of fill that out because, you know, working off of kid memories, um, yeah. it's not very fleshed out, and I feel like no. I should... Plus, now there's all these new movies that I haven't seen, so I can just do a big marathon and let you know how that goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do definitely recommend like at least watching the beginning of the Last Jedi so you can get that Luke drinking rancid milk scene because it's pretty great. So the Last Jedi was pretty good. Like it's worth seeing. I enjoyed it. Go watch like it. it was the first it was Star Wars movie that I movie that I've enjoyed in a long time. Yeah. I think yeah. that I was more middle on this series, um, just because I, I I didn't have a lot of emotions invested in it, but it got me to care about Anakin at all. Yeah, and that's impressive. Yeah, like that's that. an impressive feat. I liked Anakin. Annie. Annie. Uh, but yeah, um, thank you for bringing this to our attention. Yeah, I'm glad I we think, got to do it. Yeah, thanks for I think coming on would, the show. I think that it would have been bad if we never checked out anything Star Wars related uh-huh. because it is so culturally yeah, important. Yeah, so big. Yeah, and and it was great to have uh, not just one of like one of my best friends and also someone who I see every day and also someone who is a fan of the podcast and also <laughs> someone who is extremely like enthusiastic about Star Wars. Oh, yeah. You're what we call overqualified. Yeah, thanks for coming to on. have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know I can finally stop like stopping myself from talking to you about Star Wars. I've been, <laughs> yeah, you've been doing it for two weeks. For like, yeah, two weeks I've been trying to be like, oh, and Clone Wars. Wait, wait, no, save it for the podcast. <laughs> it's been that so hard. More restraint than we often show. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, so Zane, what are yes. we doing next time? So we will be watching a Super Mario Brothers animated series. We couldn't You're not decide doing more Star Wars? which one to do. I think we're going to do a smorgasbord and wait, watch wait. a couple episodes You're of each one. You're not doing more Star Wars? Why would we do more Star Wars? Oh, so it's treason then. <laughs> it is treason. Yes, yes, that's no moon. Um, so Super Mario Super Show, Super Mario World, and Super Mario Bros. 3. We will be watching a, a little bit of each of them, mostly because you don't need a primer on Super Mario. And like the distinctions will probably not be that severe. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it'll be garbage, but I get to put in a bunch of... We, we can put in a bunch of fun music. You don't think it'll be good? No. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> He's got Dude, Get them all out of the way. Get them all out. This is your chance. Uh, ben, how about after that? Cat dog. Oh, <laughs> Fucking cat dog. I, whenever you go from the gut, I don't... <laughs> It's just hard. It's just difficult. We've been we've been watching too many cool things and too many things in different styles. I want to like this is going to be some real mayonnaise. I don't remember anything about Cat Dog with the intro, and I loved it. Yeah, Cat Dog. If I recall, it's got, it's got that just, twang to it. it what if you dog. tied the Angry Beavers together? It's well, like they with a whoop and a purr. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm not going to deny that there's some great stuff about Cat Dog, but also like there's some real like troubling horror stuff going on there. Yeah, the the biology is frustrating the the main thing that i remember about cat dog is they spoofed it for family guy with dagger mouth and boom boom <laughs> but that is a that is a very far long way away and it's got well, that great right. rat with that weasel accent i think his name was winslow i think it was blue we'll get into it don't worry <laughs> about it blue rat we're gonna do cat dog though fantastic um, 
Yeah. Uh, do you know what technically has animation in it? <laughs> what is that? Monty Python the Holy Grail. <gasps> I hadn't thought about that. It actually has animation mixed with live action. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right, we've got to wait for another scrambled segment. You know how this works. <laughs> you are you as wrong. a longtime fan know how this works. <laughs> yeah, you can put that on your list. Yeah. <laughs> If you need a you know arbitrary excuse to talk about my Python the Holy Grail, well, if anyone out there wants to talk, tell us about uh, the animation for any of the Super Mario Brothers, the animation for of Cat Dog, or the animation for Monty Python the Holy Grail, please go ahead and write into the Carton Cast. Go to our Facebook page or go to our website at www.cartoncast.com or a group website fancybat.com, or leave us an email at cartoncast at gmail.com. Um, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review if you enjoyed the show. And more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show. And there's a fun game you can play is in your message to us, tell us something that happened in Star Wars, and we'll try and figure out if you're lying. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to believe everything about it. The... It, it. Do you go back to the old EU? Like, Because then it's, it's just, oh, you know, all, all bets are off. <laughs> uh yeah, you want you want to send us out with anything? Well, I was kind of impressed. You guys actually sort of got the outro pretty good there. Oh, it, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, I I was focused pretty good. Yeah, it was I also smooth. I also I was, sort of nailed the intro. I was very impressed. <laughs> I don't I don't think we need this abuse though. <laughs> this low, low scale. <laughs> Just saying, like, you, yeah. you managed to figure it out. Yeah, for our brothers, Roger, Roger. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs>